Well, well, well. Good morning, everybody. Good morning this morning. Uh, you're waking up the news at Burton Ernie your gang. Yeah. All right. Sesame Street is in denial. But, uh, you know what? So what? Right? Not that it's a big deal or anything else, you know? Not that there's anything wrong with that, Right? I think it was more just uh, the creators just kind of came out and said, yeah, we pretty much, we pretty much said these guys are, uh, decided these guys are going to be gay in our minds. It wasn't that it was, uh, there wasn't any reference to it, but the writer, uh, Mark Saltzman, said that he had always written them as a loving couple. He always thought of them. As a uh, loving couple, that's that's good. I mean, I think you know. I think part of it is the, the you know, b- people have been joking about it over the past uh, few years, but it it doesn't. You don't really have to uh, joke. But and they, somebody said that a preschooler had asked his mother whether Bert and Ernie were lovers, and that might come from that person's exposure to couples before, but I know when I was a kid, and I know when a lot of you were kids, and or even when your kids were kids, and Bert and Ernie were around, there wasn't any really, there wasn't any subtlety or anything like that. It was just, it, it just was the way it was. Two guys, and they lived together, and I, I know when I was a kid, and two guys lived together, they were just, you know, bachelors. 
You know, they, they were they were they were batching it. That was pretty much it. But we'll delve into that a little later on. And also, scientists have identified, folks, that there are uh, really only four distinct human personalities. Yeah, and you're one of them. And I'll tell you what you are in just a little later on. And hopefully Jimmy Hoff's going to be in in just a little bit as well. We'll talk to him and, and break things down on the uh, national front. Meanwhile, this Kavanaugh thing, I, I don't know. I don't know whether you guys are as bar- embarrassed about all this as I am. This is, this is such – it's so obvious what's going on here. And it's so obvious it's just politics. It's so obvious that this woman's story isn't holding up water. Now, now she's – not going to testify yet before the FBI investigates. So what they want is a another special prosecutor type thing that will go on and on and on and on. And what they're trying to do is, at this point, because they know that she, I don't think she could withstand scrutiny – in any kind of uh, hearing, I just don't. I don't think she's got the goods, and I don't think it's enough to to do anything. It, it, it does still raise the specter of this possibility that Kavanaugh will just simply not want the distraction anymore. Will not want the pain and and the, and, and and the suffering that uh, the country is going through, so to speak. Uh, and it, it will end up, I think being a situation where they're just trying to force Kavanaugh to just get out, just just to stop and say, I don't want to cause the president trouble anymore. So they're they're really just at this point trying to will an outcome that is where Kavanaugh is the one who surrenders his nomination because they don't want to have to work for this now and, and they and they can't because they don't have the the goods. They don't have the the, the credible person the person who can't withstand the scrutiny, and they don't have a case. So now they want to bump it back into the FBI, so it just goes on and on and on. It was my understanding the FBI really didn't want to really didn't want to deal with this, that Feinstein was giving them the information, but they didn't really want to have to mess around with this whole thing. So there was a chance that, uh, that they wouldn't investigate anyway. And, and besides that... I'm not quite sure, quite sure why the FBI would investigate anyway. Like, what are they investigating? Because clearly in any, in any state category, any state law or anything else, this, the statute of limitations is, are, are well past. It's gone. They, they are uh, – it's over. You, even, even on a federal crime status or whatever, uh, the statute of limitations are, are well past. There, there isn't anything the FBI could do. I, I don't. I don't see what they would be investigating. Would they be investigating lies that were being told, or what would they do? So this is all just a ruse. This is all just a, a bunch of, of of garbage, really. And and we're seeing it in all of its full glory. And we now it turns out, of course, the the lawyer for is Christine Blasey Ford is a, a longtime Democratic donor. And she's been an activist as well in the party. She has defended multiple men, including Bill Clinton and Al Franken, in their sex cases. And she's part of the resist movement. She was one of the people marching. I probably walked past her when I was at the at the inauguration of uh, of Donald Trump. 
on that day in January. So she's really just another uh, left-wing hack out there. And if it wasn't her, I guess it would be uh, Gloria Allred. I, I, I have no idea. But we had several people who were part of all this whole cabal who were uh, very much kind of on the uh, on the fence about this and 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 just shuffling around like Feinstein and everything else, and it was really disturbing to watch uh, because you had Feinstein who was being interviewed uh, about this whole thing and was doing an interview in the hallway there, and all but basically kind of admitted that. She can't really say that this woman is is telling the truth. I don't know whether you were able to uh, hear that yesterday or not, but this is... uh... I have no say. I'm the lead Democrat, so this is all up to the Republican side. I can't say everything's truthful. I don't know. Assuming both... She doesn't know. I mean, she doesn't... No, and and none of us really know. I mean, I guess that's really nothing new. But if you have... uh, if you if you go ahead and 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 just look at all this as it is, uh, this is a story that doesn't have any. No one's being asked to provide any proof anything happened. They're just kind of letting this thing float around. And as you pointed out, she she as she pointed out herself, the the Republicans are the ones who have the ability to control all of this. They can just simply shut it down. Period. They can just go, go ahead and and do the do the vote and and take the vote and make this thing happen. They they could actually go ahead and vote Thursday. They don't have to delay the vote, but they're a bunch of pansies. And and also they've been now over the past forty eight hours accused of being old white men, just a bunch of old white men. Have you heard that? I mean, I I think I heard uh, President Bush's uh, former. Spokesman, uh, press secretary, I forgot his name, Ari Fleischer. He used the same thing. He said the same thing. All these usual suspects are out there. And Ari hasn't been uh, a never-Trumper by any stretch. But he's out there saying that there ought to be a uh, – it shouldn't be the white men. I I don't know what their color or their race has to do with anything, by the way. Is Ford black? Because I, I have seen pictures of her. She doesn't seem black to me. So why is it relevant that they're white? I don't understand that at all. But people are saying, well, you can't have a bunch of old white men questioning this woman. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, but these old white men are elected senators. They're duly elected U.S. senators. They didn't, they didn't just pop out of the latest Klan meeting. They're they're duly elected senators who uh, and and if and if you got a problem with old white men being in the U.S. Senate, then maybe you ought to not vote for them. But wh- how is it possible that you could have? Uh, and again, I go back to this: just you know, don't have the old white men do the questioning. It's like, well, how could you possibly go around the elected duties of U.S. senators? Now, Susan Collins did have a good idea that that I actually would prefer to see. Susan Collins, of all people, came out of the woodwork yesterday and suggested that maybe it ought to be the lawyers for each side asking them questions. Now, that would be cool. 
you know, it, my, my preference would be that the Republicans just shut this thing down and go for the vote. But that would be very cool to go ahead and, and watch the two sides interrogate each other on on television. That'd be great. I'd, I'd love to see Kavanaugh's lawyer talk to this woman. And, and I'd love to see the woman talk to a uh, woman's lawyer talk to Kavanaugh. Let's see that. Now, Susan Collins said that because there is this uh, optics situation where they're worried about these white men. Again, I don't know why this is a white thing. Have no idea. But these guys, and, and so she's just simply saying, well, we'll just go around that and have our lawyers do that. But again, these guys are elected U.S. senators, and whether you, whether you like it or not, uh, they, are, they are in the U.S. Senate. And whether you like it or not, they're going to be the ones who have to question people because that's their job. So I, so I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get the complaint. Because if, if the white men are not good enough to question somebody who has accused a Supreme Court nominee of assault, then they're certainly not good enough to serve in the Senate at all. So I don't know. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Then you had that, this one woman, too, who... Uh, this Senator Hirono, Maisie Hirono, she's from Hawaii, and she did. She took the Mark Kaysen view of the whole thing by deciding she was just going to indict all men. Then, and, and of course, this Senator Blumenthal, this uh, dude behind her, is like, "Yeah, sure, it's all men." It's like these guys have no balls whatsoever. It's crazy. Here she is yesterday. You're one of just four women on the committee. How does that impact? Of course it helps that there are women on that committee, but you know what? I expect the men in this country and the men in this committee, and many of them, believe me, because we all signed on to this letter to uh, demand an FBI investigation, but really, guess who's perpetuating all of these kinds of actions? It's the men in this country, and I just want to say to the men in this country, just shut up and step up. Do the right thing. Which would be what? Shut up? Shut up and step up. What does that mean? I, 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 th- I think I think we kind of caught her in a little bit of a of, of an angle there. Shut up and step up. And, and I think that's the way she wants it. She wants us to step up and keep our mouths shut. Or I have no idea. Again, calling for the FBI investigation is ridiculous. The FBI would have nothing to say about this. Does anybody know exactly what the FBI would do about, about this whole thing and, and, and what role they would play in this investigation? Uh, if anything, I would like to the FBI to look into how this whole thing went down. What, why did the woman take a polygraph test in August? If there was some situation where, for whatever reason, she wasn't going to come forward, that she was reluctant to come forward. Is that really reluctant to come forward when you take a polygraph test a month before you come forward? I, I, and, and I'd love to know who conducted it, under what circumstances, and how it all went down, and, and who conduct, and what questions were asked. So, you know, we went through this yesterday morning, but th- this, is the kind of, uh, this is the kind of stuff you're getting there on Capitol Hill. 
we Americans are out there. We don't really know any. We don't know what's going on. We it's it's like no one has any control over everything. Anything out there? No one. No one knows exactly what's what's happening here. We don't. We don't know. We're watching a bunch of rudderless state uh, U.S. lawmakers who are out there being confusing and 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 just throwing things out that aren't relevant. Like this woman, this senator about the men and. We've got calls for FBI investigations that aren't relevant to this case at all. We've got Republicans running around saying, well, maybe we should just have the lawyers do it and we don't have to do it. And Republicans saying white men shouldn't be the one questioning her and and yet no action. So what they're trying to do is, is they want this to kind of keep going on because they want it to become too hard for Kavanaugh to keep going. That's what they want. They want him to quit. And, and, and the problem here, and, and I don't want him to give up. I think it would, be a, it would be a terrible mark in history, and it would be a terrible precedent if he did, in fact, quit. That would be really bad because it would prove just how easy it is to force somebody out. So if he quit, this would be a bad thing. But at the same time, you have a situation where the president is now in in a rock and a hard place. He's got a guy who's just kind of been sitting there and who can't do anything but respond. He's got he's got a GOP that is not helping him out at all because they're not moving on this matter. They're not they're not going ahead and taking the vote and doing it everywhere else. They should have this vote. They should take this vote. This is not important enough to stall this whole thing they should go ahead and take the vote on the committee and then in the in the in the senate and if you've got susan collins who is suggesting that somebody else interview her in public then susan collins should be should be a yes vote she she apparently doesn't think that the senate committee ought to be the ones who are questioning her so uh, i say they just move ahead but that they're again they're trying to get a result where Kavanaugh is going to give up or Kavanaugh is just going to say, listen, Mr. President, this, and I hope this doesn't happen. Mr. President, this has been going on too long and blah, blah, blah. And, and here's the other problem. I guess there's a risk. There's some degree of a calculation that there is a possibility maybe down the, down the way that somehow some way the Republicans are going to lose the U.S. Senate. And it, it, the Democrats think that they will, that they, they'll win in the U.S. Senate. Then that creates problems for the next nominee, obviously. But this is a situation where you are uh, you're going to take a risk. I think it's a risk that you can take by just letting this thing go. And Kavanaugh should not be the one uh, to to go ahead and pull the trigger on his own nomination, even though that's what these guys want. So we're going to talk about that more. We're going to also going to, and you're going to hear more from Blumenthal, who has decided that no matter what happens, the entire Supreme Court is tainted. We've also got a new Project Veritas tape. I don't know whether you heard this or not of a State Department spokesman or a State Department person 
saying that he's going to be part of the resistance and has been and has just been under wraps. We also have some brand new economic news and a brand new refutation of Obama's claim that he actually is the guy who created this economy. It's a lie. And and it's something that's been perpetuated by the people on the left time and time again. And it's absolutely not true. And in fact, we can prove it uh, just with the numbers that we're seeing right now. So we uh, we're in a situation where the economy now is booming. Stocks actually are increasing uh, in, in their value thanks to what's uh, the, the the trade issue and President Trump Trump playing heavy on trade has created a very vibrant stock market. Also, going to follow up on uh, the Pope, who has now lost a lot of support in the U.S. thanks to this uh, sex abuse scandal, and also, of course, the news that uh, that Bernie and and uh, Bernie Ernie and Bert are gay. They were designed that way. They were they were born that way by the writer, apparently, on Sesame Street. So we'll follow up on that. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. credit card debt golden oak lending has the expertise to show you how to refinance your home and turn its increased value into cash and you pay nothing out of pocket people often tell me they didn't call sooner because they didn't think we could save them money this is james hawkins from golden oak lending with our expertise in today's increased home values we can usually save you money call 314-567-GOLD nmls 1149-37-111 westport plaza st louis missouri call 567-GOLD What's up, everybody? We are live from the Discovery Design Studio, discoverydesigninc.com. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope the stream's going all right. 
you guys have to realize that on there were some questions about the stream and how people were uh, having it click off and click on again. A lot of people with newer phones, it's not happening. It's it's not really supposed to happen. So it's not really. We checked it out. It's it's not really anything with the app. But I don't I don't know. Maybe it, it might be. We're going to try to improve it as we push forward with uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0. We'll see. But right now things are things are kind of moving right along and, and and if you have an older phone the app can possibly sneak up on you and do whatever drinking this cold coffee hi Gia hope you had a nice birthday Gia's birthday was uh, Monday Virgo drinking this uh, cold brew coffee Allegro Coffee. I should probably have gotten Madrinas, shouldn't I? Because Madrinas is the local company, right? Is Allegro local? I love cold coffee. Never could figure out why people needed coffee hot, but why drink it hot when you can drink it cold? I can't read. You know, I just don't like this. Facebook. There. See? Yeah, Mama K. Madridas does kick ass. It's been, it's been, and they're bigger, too. Got a... I'm going to put my readers on. Bear with me for a second here. Let's see. Let's see where this is from. Allegro. Uh, let's see. It is uh, Thornton, Colorado. Okay. Those hippies in Colorado are making me some organic cold brew coffee. Straight black, baby. Good too. I think the only problem with cold coffee is that you uh, you can drink a lot of it. Like like I can like I could drink a cold like I could drink one of these in one second, you know. And I think the hot coffee might be a way to slow you down in terms of your caffeine intake. But I could I've already had one of them. I had one of these guys, but it was small. So I like Madrinas. Madrinas coffee is made right here in St. Louis. Last time they dropped some stuff off. Uh, last time they dropped. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Mama K. Colorado is good for a lot of things, including what you're talking about. But yeah, Madrinas, I should get them as a sponsor of the show, I think. I think I talked about that earlier. When I was over at 97.1, they dropped a bunch of stuff off for me. I think it's still over there. I'm drinking my coffee over there. I'm drinking my friggin' coffee. They never gave it back to me. They never gave me anything back. Do you know that? Did you realize that? I, I never got a chance. I never got to go uh, in, back into the station. So still have a lot of stuff there. Nobody's nobody's bothered to give it back to me either. Just, you know, uh, stuff sitting around there, and, uh, and 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 I don't have it anymore. It just kind of kind of gone. I don't know. I don't. I can't really remember what it was. So maybe it's not that important because I don't. I don't remember what it was. I love the Talking Heads, don't you? Don't cut me off, Facebook. No business cutting me. You don't even know who the Talking Heads are. Just leave me alone. 
I listened to these guys all throughout my life, in college, everything else. They were my college music. Try to take my talking heads off, my fa- Facebook off. Oh, yeah, we got a lot out of the talking heads. Long time. And, and that's why, you know, uh, David Byrne, the, the lead singer of the talking heads, sings my theme song, you know. See, things, sings the opening theme song for the Radio Free Almond operation. Don't fence me in. He's singing a Cole Porter d- song. It was from a Cole Porter album, and that's why I can play it, because he doesn't own the rights to that song. So I could play it, and it'll kick me off Facebook. But this, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of slinking along the edges here, you know. But I love the talking heads. They're kind of my peace music. I, I, first of all, I never know what they're talking about. Because their they're songs are those kinds of songs that you really never know what the hell they're talking about, really. I mean, I, I, get, I get we are on the road to nowhere. I get that. And once in a lifetime, I get that. But uh, I, I don't understand, same as it ever was. I don't understand any of that. I, but, but I like the music, so I don't try to delve into it. I wish maybe somebody would do a study of Talking Heads music, or maybe really you don't have to. Why? You know? Honey, can you know? I'm sorry. I'm doing a study on uh, on Talking Heads music. I'm sorry. I can't really tend to that right now. I, I can't fix the uh, the garage door. I'm I'm busy trying to break down exactly what this must be the place naive melody means. I, uh, so I can't help you right now. Can you? Nope. Sorry. I just, I'm, I, I want to know what Stay Up Late really is about. What is that about? Is it about a baby? Or is it not about a baby? I don't know. I want to know. So I can't go and help with that now. I can't mow the lawn right now. I'm busy doing this. A lot of excuses you could build into your life by just simply studying the talking heads. That's what I'm going to do. You guys want to hear about Bert and Ernie, don't you? I know you do. I know it's, I know that I know that's what you guys are all about. You, you, the Kavanaugh thing is exhausting you because we're, we're we, we are one of the things about the Kavanaugh thing is that we are just uh, we're we're looking at, at a bunch of dysfunctional adults up there and a bunch of liars, a bunch of pansies, a bunch of people who just can't make a decision, a bunch of people running around saying weird things. You know, and, and we we all know that their motivations have nothing to do with righteousness or or nothing to do with uh, whether or not this woman was really a, there was really an attempt to rape her. It's not about protecting anybody except their party. It's it's not about protecting anybody. I mean, it was the same thing. You go just go back to the whole David Hogg thing that got me in trouble. It's, they didn't care about David Hogg. These people didn't, don't care one whit about David Hogg. They wanted to erase a conservative voice that was kicking their ass every morning. But 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 they had nothing to do with that. And up there has nothing to do with with this uh, with with protecting her. And, and even she's playing the game now. No, we don't want to go. We don't want to go to testify in front of the hearing. We want to go to the FBI. I mean, knowing the FBI has nothing to do with this. 
They would have no. What would they do? No, no one's. And and then then we have a news media that isn't asking any questions. Like, what would the FBI have to do with this case? Or why did you take the polygraph test in August when you said you were reluctant to come forward? Who did it? You know, not, nobody's. We're not getting any answers, and we're getting a bunch of Republicans. These these the guys are first of all being pushed around now because they're white males. We can't have a bunch of white males questioning her. That would be horrible. You mean the white males who were elected to the U.S. Senate? Now, I have the same problem that a lot of you people do. That, that, that they've been there too long. I mean, I, I get it, but... But but the the end of it. Well, we we well we can't have old white men questioning her. It's like no, these are guys. These old white men were elected to their seats in the U.S. Senate and are on the Judiciary Committee and were appointed to be on the committee. They didn't just pop out of their old white male van. So so if you got a problem with old white men, then run against them and get them out of power. But don't complain once they're there and try to keep them from doing anything. I don't understand what this is all about. And then and then the old white men are like, yeah, you're right. We're old white men. We shouldn't do this. We need somebody else to do this. We need to lay that. You know, it's like they're all running around in circles. And Bert and Ernie are gay. And that's just the way it's going to be. They're actually a, a perfect gay couple, though. They seem to get along perfectly and live together. And they never don't seemingly they, they have their issues like anybody any other couple does. And so, you know, I'm glad I'm glad that, that, that they've just confirmed it doesn't really matter at all, really. I mean, you, you don't unless you're a parent or somebody who keeps your kids away from gay people, they probably know what a gay couple is by now anyway so apparently apparently in an interview with a queer team which is a, a gay publication I'm assuming Q-U-E-E-R-T-Y queer team it's like an advocate like a uh, one of those magazines that, that focus on gay issues uh, Sesame Street writer Mark Saltzman says that he's always written Bert and Ernie as a loving couple. He joined the show in 85. The uh, show began in 1969. Uh, apparently, he drew inspiration for the puppet duo from his own gay relationship with uh, another guy. And he says, I wasn't really creating the making the characters as lovers. I wasn't promoting an LGBT agenda. I, this was just the romantic relationship that I knew. And so it was all kind of implied. And Saltzman, he's one of these individuals. He's another uh, person in the gay community that I keep trying to tell you. Uh, these folks don't want to mess. They, they, they don't want to mess with you. They don't want to mess with people. They don't want to uh, push agendas. They don't. They don't. They don't necessarily want people to make cakes for them if they don't want to. So, so Salzman is one of those gay guys who just kind of was like, well, I just you know got a chance to write these guys. I'm going to write them in, in the mirror of my thing, and if people pick up on it, fine. If they don't, whatever. 
He said, I always felt without a huge agenda when I was writing Bert and Ernie, they were gay. I didn't have any other way to contextualize them. And, and, and actually, he, he and his uh, boyfriend, they were, they were referred to as Bert and Ernie when they were running around by people. So what happened is then it, 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 it became kind of a thing. And at one point, the San Francisco Chronicle uh, mentioned how a child picked up on it and then asked his mom if Bert and Ernie are lovers. And I find that hard to believe that 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 a child would would say that. I don't know. Maybe not. Like I always thought, there was something kind of different about Paul Lind, you know, in TV, <laughs> or Charles Nelson Riley. I always thought there was something odd. I never would turn to my mom or something and say, "Are they are they gay?" Because it didn't it didn't it wasn't a thing, you know. I kind of wonder what life was like for them, though. I guess it was fine for Paul Lynn. I mean, imagine being gay then and then not being able to, to and having to hide it the whole time. You know, having to having to kind of uh, not be gay must have been hard for them. So what happened then was is that 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 Sesame Street then. Um, <laughs> Responded so the uh, the, uh, the this the Sesame Street crew went on Twitter and they yeah at least it does sound false a kid doesn't say well first of all a child doesn't use the term lovers anyway I mean you know <laughs> people are so ridiculous anyway the Sesame Workshop. Summarily responded in, in an emergency fashion, and 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 put Bert and Ernie directly back into the closet. We will have none of this. <laughs> so they, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny because they're 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 you know this is Sesame Street, right? You think and and you know they're all a, a bunch of liberals and things like that and. And, and so they have to say, "Oh no, 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 no!" They, the, uh, they, these characters were strictly friends. Can you imagine having to kind of deal with something like this right now? It's actually kind of refreshing, you know, not to have to talk about Kavanaugh for a second and just talk about Bert and Ernie being gay. I like, I like that topic, only just because it's di- it's different and everybody knows something about Bert and Ernie, you know. And Sesame Street. And you're not seeing a bunch of corrupt a-holes running around, lying and with different agendas. If, if all we had to determine was whether or not Bert and Ernie were gay, that'd be great life, wouldn't it? Three hours of the Radio Free Almond Show dedicated to the mystery of Bert and Ernie. That and Talking Heads lyrics. Come on, people. Uh <laughs> All I need is Kim Paris and one of her uh, Apache Blaze pipes and something to put it in. We could have a little party here, couldn't we? Could just knock ourselves out, couldn't we? So anyway, the Sesame Street people uh, issued a statement. As we've always said, Bert and Ernie are best friends. (laughs) 
They were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. That makes sense. Even though I always thought that they were, uh, they had a lot more in common than they they were different. But they were different. Bert and Ernie were different people. Even though they're identified as male characters and possess many human traits, it's interesting they said they're identified as male characters. So I think I think they are. I, I think they are. That's an interesting way to put that. Even though they are identified as male characters, which the insinuation being that it's not even confirmed they're male. They're just identified as male characters. But that doesn't necessarily mean they are male. Now, now this is starting to sound this now this is starting to sound like Washington, because now people are starting to like not make any sense. Oh, so wait a minute, Sesame Street. You're, okay, so you're saying it's not even a conclusion that they're male now? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, they're just identified as, as male. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, no, oh, yeah, no. See, that's, what, that's what we get. That's the kind of conversation we get up in D.C. She, pa- she passed a polygraph. To- when she ta- uh, I don't know, before. What? Before. Collusion. Russia. No, when did she take the polygraph? Why did she take the polygraph test in August when she said she was reluctant to come forward? I don't know. All I know is white males shouldn't be inter- interviewing her. I don't know. I mean, that, that's we keep getting everybody pivoting and moving the ball around. And I guess the Sesame Street people aren't uh, any exception. Hold on a second here. They're not necessarily gay. They might not even be male. They're just identified as male. Okay. What is this statement written by Diane Feinstein? Even though they are identified as male characters and possess many male traits and characteristics, as many Sesame Street Muppets do, they remain puppets <laughs> and do not <laughs> and do not have a sexual orientation. This is I love this. I love this because um, because I just think it's great that we can take a break from the Kavanaugh thing and and put Sesame Street on the defensive. Can you imagine that? The Sesame Street workshop people having to work overtime to react to a revelation that Bert and Ernie are gay. And then 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 they try to kind of just decontextualize everything about Bert and Ernie to the point where they're even maybe even insinuating they don't even know whether they are we they just are identified as male we don't know whether they're male and plus and you know Sesame Street makes a good point too it's like they're puppets okay and and we were not into the sexual orientation of puppets so anyway that's what their response was and that's where we are right now with the Bert and Ernie puppet deal. I mean, and, and, and tell us something we didn't know, by the way. Hey, coming up, too, we have scientists who identified four personality types, and you're probably one of them. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get involved in that. And James O'Keefe has a new uh, new project out, and this is about the deep state. I don't know whether you guys were able to see 
or hear any of the videos. But he's got one guy from the State Department who's on tape laughing about how he's not in any way, shape, or form going to be cooperating with the administration. And, and, and that ultimately they're going to, uh, he'll never be found, and he's in, he's in the background, and that's how he's made his entire way is by staying in the background and not doing anything and, and being being sly. But O'Keefe is doing some good work here, and he uh, released a video kind of talking about this. It's a socialist organization, and we want to, you know, destroy capitalism. There's like a level of resistance movement. Inside? Kind of like the Nixon decent type of thing. So O'Keefe has been at it again now with these videos that are showing individuals who are basically saying, you know, there is indeed a a, a deep state and, and there are people in the deep state who are working against the administration. And I noticed yesterday, it was really weird, uh, and it's why Dana Perino is so annoying because she was on there, I think it was The Five, and she was on there with um, – I can't remember his name now. I don't know what my problem is. What's, who's the guy who used to be with uh, Bill O'Reilly, and he's on there now every once in a while? I see it uh, every once in a while. But uh, the uh, – and, and, and she was making fun of him for using the term deep state. And she went, oh, deep state. It's like, really? I mean, Dana Perino, who you – know, I have to tell you, I just – I. And I, I don't want to pick on her, but for whatever reason, it always comes back to her being the great example of that. Yeah, Jesse Waters. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, the, the, she always comes back to being, even when she, first of all, she talks over everybody, which drives me crazy. And, and so so she's a, she's a runs her mouth and, and no one can get a word in edgewise because she just talks directly over them. And there's something about her that seems rather spoiled to me. And she seems like she's kind of one of these spoiled, rotten GW administration people who, you know, she's kind of like the, uh, you remember the, 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 the yeah, <laughs> Jasper. <laughs> Todd's like, I hope Jasper craps in her shoes, or he used a different word. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she seems like she, she was the one, you know, kind of in class, the teacher's pet. She seems like a teacher's pet type of person to me. And she was, uh, yeah, and Todd and Steyerwald shoes, yeah. And, and so she comes across that way on the air, like she's kind of got, and, and, and she has an anchor job there that she's not fit for. She's not a good anchor. I mean, she, she is a reader, and you can kind of tell. Again, I'm not trying to be mean. I, re- I really am not, but sometimes when I, when I notice people aren't being authentic and real about, who they are and what they are and what they're doing, it really bothers me and, and, and kind of drives me a little crazy because uh, I know what they're up to and and they think I don't and it drives me nuts. So anyway, she's been making fun of this whole word deep state. I don't know why that's such a, a big deal for her, but but that's kind of what 
because the 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 Republicans and Democrats have a vested interest in not wanting to address the so-called deep state. That would include layovers from the likes of Dana Perino, because keep in mind, Dana Perino is, above all, a political animal. She is a person born out of the political structure, so to speak. And so... is driving me nuts. I feel like I'm on, I'm on a leash like her dog Jasper. So what, what, she's, what she does, and, and there are a lot of Republicans like this, keep in mind, they don't want the deep state completely revealed uh, and uncovered because they have their own people in the deep state. I'm sure there were some who even worked against Barack Obama. I'm, I'm sure that there were people left over from GW's administration, who might have in some way, shape, or form tried to disrupt what Barack Obama was doing. And so that's that's why you don't get a whole lot of changes in a lot of things that we do here, uh, it, whether it be one of the reasons why you didn't have uh, a whole lot of tax reform or uh, reform of deductions or whatever else is because these guys wanted to reserve this uh, that that for the, for themselves, so that when they're in power, they can use it. So that the, when they're in power, they can throw the money around, and when the, when they're in power, they can uh, pay off their friends and 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 reward their friends. So they keep all this stuff available to them because they want to use it for their own purposes later. And because people like Dana Perino and others are, in the end just political animals, really, uh, they look towards the future and they look towards a time when perhaps President Trump isn't in power and a Democrat's in power. And she would want to utilize that part of her, uh, that, that deep state to try to, to mess with Democrats. Because to them, it's all calculation. It's all mechanics. It's, there's really nothing about... Uh, truth about authenticity, about what's good for the country, what's this, what's that. It's all about mechanics. It's all about – that's why you have so many people diving for cover when one of their own kind of gets uh, gets pinched, why, why, why they automatically will start to cover for the Republicans. It's, it's kind of why you get to a situation where you, uh, you have people like Jason Chaffetz and you have people like uh, Ben Shapiro, and you have people like this uh, Benson guy, Benson, and all these guys still hanging around Fox News, even though they were all never Trumpers, and they were all, but they're all contributors, and but they were all kind of never Trump folks, but they're still there because uh, they protect these people. They, you know. They look out for them. It's just, it's just, a, it's all mechanics. Nothing to do with what's right or what's wrong for the country. Uh, the trade deal is a great example of that. They'll lie to you all day long about how bad it is that President Trump is reorganizing these trade deals. They'll talk about how horrible it's going to be for the economy all day long, and yet they'll never mention, uh, for instance, that that the the stock market is going crazy. And, and I'm talking about crazy good, thanks to President Trump's dealing with the with the trade issue. 
thanks to the fact that he's finally getting tough on uh, this situation, and, and we're finally seeing some results when it comes to uh, the stock market boom is going nuts. We've, we've got the uh, Latino economic boom that is just now actually being acknowledged by Telemundo. You know, this is the, uh, the, the, the primary evening newscast for Latinos. And I, there, there is... Por cierto, hoy en la Casa Blanca se celebró el inicio del mes de la herencia hispana. This is Telemundo acknowledging that right now unemployment is below 5% for Latinos for the fifth consecutive month. For the, for the fifth consecutive month. Aprovechó el evento para congraciarse de que la economía va viento en popa, asegurando que los negocios de dueños hispanos lideran el crecimiento. También resaltó que el desempleo entre los latinos está en su nivel más bajo. That's Spanish for the Latino economy is kicking ass. We're Telemundo. Thank you very much for joining us. That's, that's, what, that's what they're talking about. So we're finally at a, at a point where we're seeing all these great uh, economic strides and, and everything that the Republicrats and others have been telling you about how destructive the Trump approach to the economy is, they're wrong. They, they're wrong all the time, these guys. The Chris Steyerwaltz and the Dana Peritos and the other people who are analyzing this and analyzing the tariffs and everything else are wrong. I mean, we, we can't even get a straight answer when it comes to the economy. Barack Obama's running his fat mouth out there again. Our, our own dark lord is out there running around saying, uh, hey, I'm, you know, I, I, look at the economy. I started the economy, economic recovery. It's like uh, you had presided over the slowest economic recovery in 25 years. So you, you can call it a recovery if you want to. Uh, that, that started in your administration. And it is true that a recovery started in Barack Obama's administration. That is, that is a truth. But you realize that it was the slowest recovery in 25 years because of Barack Obama's stifling economic policies, stifling regulatory policies, piling, piling, piling regulation on everybody and making it so expensive to do business here. So it was the slowest recovery in 25 years. The president, former president can't possibly take responsibility and, and congratulations for this current economy. He can't do it under any circumstances. In the first three months of President Trump's administration, the GDP was up to 3% and maybe a little over that. You realize that's a figure that Obama and the others said was not possible. You realize that, right? What's he got, some magic wand? It's like, no, he just has sound conservative economic policies that you've been ignoring. So, you know, let, let's, let's finish this off once and for all, folks. 
when you're getting in arguments about with people about this whole thing, and and Kasin would be one of them or whatever, keep in mind that that the Obama policies Obama did not help this economy. They stifled recovery. So go ahead and give your goofball fellow employee on the left a bone and say, yeah, a recovery did start during Obama's administration, but it was stifled by regulatory and other means that, that, that President Obama instilled in this country and on our small businesses that prevented the economy from growing to, uh, to a degree that, that, it, uh, that it should have. And, and you didn't build that. Had this kind somebody of else made that happen. I mean, this guy. This does that sound like somebody's interested in everybody recovering economically? No, of course not. That was that was utilized. You realize that speech? You didn't build that. that you didn't somebody build else that speech. Made that happen. The famous "you didn't build that" speech was actually uh, a, 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 built on an excuse he was making for regulation and a lack of rollbacks of taxation. That speech itself was on the record as him saying, this is why we're doing this. Because you got to pay. You got to pay up. I do what's right. Because we all helped you build your business. It's like, okay. You know, that, that was his excuse. So now this guy's running around saying, I, you're welcome for the economy. It's like bull loney, bull crap. So don't listen to that. So go ahead and give your goofball coworker or you know, relative, uh, throw him a bone and, and say, yeah, it did begin, but this guy still screwed it up. And in the first three months of President Trump's presidency, the GDP went upwards of 3%, even a little bit over that. And then in six months, it was at four. Keeping in mind that the Obama's of the world and the others said it was not possible to reach that. It was not possible even to reach three. So make sure you know what the story is here. This is not President Obama's economy. It's a lie. And all the people who who told you that this was going to that, – that, that President Trump was going to screw us up and the stock market was going to tank, hell, Cason's been telling me the stock market's going to tank – for eight months now, oh, oh, it's all going to come down, crashing down. It's all going to come. Now I'm like, I'm like, I pick up the newspaper, which really isn't a newspaper. I just, I just figuratively. Oh, and there's the stock market booming thanks to the tough trade talk of President Trump. Like, oh, okay. Where is this? Where's this bubble? Where, where are all the? Where's all the economic ruin thanks to the? Uh, thanks to these. Uh, the, the the tariff talk and everything else. Where where is all that? Well, it's not there. It's not there. So coming up, I, this is a long way to go because I wanted to kind of talk about the the the, the uh, deep state in general and, and 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 all the people who claim there isn't one. And I'm I'm using that collectively as the Dana Perinos of the world. They're wrong about everything. They've been wrong. They were wrong about first of all. Hillary Clinton winning. They were wrong about the tough trade talk and, and, and the outcome of that. They were wrong about us leaving that crazy Enviro deal, the Helsinki summit. They were wrong about that. 
They, they, they've been wrong about the Russia collusion. They've been wrong about everything. So just, just, just keep that in mind. And, and they are definitely wrong about, the, uh, about the, the situation regarding the deep state because it does exist. And James O'Keefe verified it with his Project Veritas. And we're going to go ahead and talk about that when we come back, which will be in just a second. Blow my nose. Thanks, Morgan, for turning the turning the uh, microphone down for our people so you don't have to blow my nose. I, I don't know. I, it must be some allergies or something. I don't have a cold or anything, so I'm not going to get any of you guys sick. As long as you don't lick the app. As long as you don't lick your Facebook page, you're not going to get sick from me. Don't worry. No, I'm not. I'm not. Getting, I'm not sick. But there's some, something, some allergy or something going around. It's driving me nuts. I don't even know whether I have allergies or not. Probably don't. Probably just something. It happens every once in a while. Thank you to Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery, Proctor Spoke Like Doctor, ProctorDrapery.com. Mobile design unit people. Comes right to your doorstep. He's your designer. Now, why? You know, when, listen, when Bert and Ernie go out, and pick their window treatments. They don't want to go out and pick their window treatments. They don't want to go to Home Depot. Ernie doesn't want to go to Home Depot and, and grab some kind of uh, swatch or something and take it back home just so Burke can tell him he doesn't like it. Right? They don't want to go anywhere. They want to wait for Michael Proctor to come to their house with his expertise, with his... Uh, with his inside eye with his decorative interior designer eye he comes in and Bert and Ernie say tell us what our dining room should look like we don't have to want to have to do the work and he does because most people who do the window treatment thing they don't want to have to decide what's going on here they, they, they don't want to have to like make these kind of decisions they certainly don't want to drive 15 miles from their home to make window treatment decisions so they call Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor, ProctorDrapery.com. He comes to your house. He'll come to your house seven days a week. He'll show you everything you need. He'll make suggestions. You'll pick them, pick something. It'll be a great value to you, and everything's done. You don't have, you're not hiring a separate person. You're not hiring a separate uh, interior designer. It's, it's costing you less. And, and your time is money, too. So that's what's important. And I'm glad to have Michael Proctor back. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Thanks a ton, Michael. Appreciate your help. Don't forget also, ladies and gentlemen, that we have uh, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency on board. 855-QUOTE-ME for your home, your life, and your auto. And you let them give you, give you a checkup on your current auto insurance or your home insurance, you'll... Tear up the one you have right away, and you'll go right to Matthew Mitchell. Because he'll, he'll, he'll give you low premiums, low deductibles all at the same time. And if you have kids, you know, in the 20s or whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really... 
kind of a kind of a bummer because they they're they're sometimes overcharged for their insurance, but that doesn't happen uh, with 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 him. He will give some low rates for our people and you people for your young people. Brett Steinhoff is on Facebook. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Brett is with the uh, County Brown Barbecue Boys, and they're all going to be out at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. They'll be out there on the 27th. It's next Thursday for the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour, where we are going to uh, enjoy a plate of pulled pork barbecue with all kinds of different sauces on it or coming with it couple sides, 10 bucks a plate, all going to Backstoppers, so we're raising money for Backstoppers. We've got the Glazers guys out there who are going to be uh, doing a bourbon tasting for us as well. How did he die, by the way? Did we ever figure out how Tom Petty died? Anyway, we're going to be there. I think, it's, I think we're calling it 5 o'clock. So it's happy hour, 5 o'clock. We'll be out there uh, at 5 at Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there at Vogel Road. Good, good music. I, I, don't pull me off Facebook, please, people. I'm going to turn, turn it off. See? I'm going to turn it off because I know these guys are now. Oh, wait, wait. Shh. Tom, quiet. Get back in there. Get, get back in the closet with Bert and Ernie. That's a funny story. I love that story. If you did, if you missed it earlier, I talked about Sesame Street, just kind of basically the Sesame Street crew battening down the hatches and in a full state of denial over the writer's claims that Bert and Ernie are actually a gay couple. Sesame Street won't even confirm they're males. They're identified as males. Like, all right, what does that mean? They're puppets. So they don't have any sexual orientation. They don't have any, you know, <laughs> any any... Uh, male, female, identity. they're puppets, which is, I, I feel like I, and again, I can't get over this idea that I feel like I'm watching what's happening in Washington with this Kavanaugh thing, because no one is giving us a straight answer about anything, even Republicans, you know, you know, the Republicans now should go ahead and just ignore this thing and, and go ahead with their proceedings and let Flake and the other guys bitch and moan, but take the vote on Kavanaugh. Now, now the woman doesn't want to go uh, before the uh, before the hearing now until the FBI investigates and and somebody, some GOP, are on to call BS on this and say the FBI wouldn't couldn't do anything about this if it if it wanted to. Uh, what is what is the FBI investigating here? No one's asking that either. I I keep hearing these news anchors and everybody is saying the F- they want the FBI to investigate. It's like. Investigate what? Uh, you know, uh, uh, what are they? What are they going to investigate? There's, there's no, uh, there, there's no statute of limitations that that's going to cover them here. It's all expired. So I, I don't, I don't understand what they want the FBI to do here. And then you've got these guys who are now. Uh, just making the biggest hay out of this just because they can. And that's what's so disappointing is it has nothing to do with whether or not this woman, something happened to her or not. This is all about politics. So now the whole FBI thing is designed to prolong this investigation and prolong this thing and turn this into another Robert Mueller thing. But the, but this time what they want the outcome to be is that Kavanaugh 
and the president tire of this. And, and it, it will be very, very disappointing. It will be a gigantic, enormous, devastating, groundbreaking, precedent-setting defeat if Kavanaugh says, you know what, this is just too much. I can't go through this anymore. And, and I, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, my sense is that there is a... That there, that there, that my sense is that there's an effort uh, underway probably in the White House now to make this go away. I'm sure there's got to be somebody in the president's circle that is telling him maybe he just needs to cut bait. And, and I hope that that doesn't happen. It would be hugely harmful to this country and to the future if this happens, if, if, if he does this. But that's what this is designed to do because right now the Democrats have their ass in a sling because they don't have anything but talk. They have nothing to show for it but talk. They've got a woman lawyer who defended Bill Clinton and defended Al Franken who's a member of the resistance and marched with the pussy hat on and on inauguration day, who is the lawyer for this chick. And then you've got this woman who now has decided that she doesn't want to go before the uh, – she doesn't want to be transparent and lay everything out on the table. She wants to do something with the FBI now. And a woman who already seemingly has lied the first time to her parents by, by omission – and then the second time when she claimed that she was coming forward reluctantly and and, and she uh, she took a polygraph test in August. So they, so they don't have a credible witness. So all they, all they have now is just a kind of a, a rope-a-dope game going on here. And they're trying to prolong this through October. It's, and it's going to be really hard for them to do this. It's going to be very difficult for them to put this through through the midterms and let this linger through the midterms without the help of the Republicans. It appears the Republicans are very, very uh, uh, willing to be a bunch of pansies and go, go forward with this. And then you've got all these other people threatening the white men on the judiciary panel. And look at those guys. You think Orrin Hatch or, or, or Grassley or one of these guys would say, excuse me? I, I, I happen to be an old white male who was elected to the U.S. Senate. So I didn't just kind of uh, drop out of the old white male spaceship here. I was elected to the U.S. Senate. So I belong here. And you can kiss my ass if you think I don't. Maybe, maybe that ought to be something these guys say. Somebody step up. But you know what? They're scared. So Orrin Hatch and all these other guys, Cornyn. You know, if, if I were them, I'd be indignant as hell. I'd have an old white male news conference is what I'd do. I'd have all the old white males standing in front of a microphone with, with their fingers in the air. Screw you. We were elected. If you don't like us here, remove us. Then impeach us or, or hold a special election or something. But right now, here, middle finger in the air. So I don't understand how 
even, even, and, and this is what drives me crazy, is I got to listen to Ari Fleischer and all these uh, normal, previously reasonable people sit there saying, yeah, one thing's for sure is we don't want a bunch of old white men interviewing this woman. First of all, I don't understand what the, what the, uh, why they have to mention race in this discussion anyway. I don't understand what that's all about because as, as far as I can tell, this chick is white. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that's all about. I, I, the, 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 the woman is white. So why do they bring up the idea that these are old white men? Like, what, what is that? You know, it's like, it's like uh, what, what if I t- said I'm tired of hearing from these old black ladies, you know, <laughs> or old white ladies? It's like, why, what's, why would you even say something like that? And again, it just goes to show you these people always want to kind of go around what has been created by the people. So again, if you have a pro- – I mean I've always said that I, I'm disturbed by the fact that anybody's in the U.S. Senate for 35, 40 years. Lord. I mean that's, that's just crazy. But you know what? They were elected. So I can complain about that. But, but, I, but if you're elected to the U.S. Senate and you're on the Judiciary Committee, that's your job. So how Ari Fleischer and these guys go, yeah, we just don't want these optics of these old white men interviewing her in a hearing. It's like, wait a minute, though. They're elected old white men. They're on the Judiciary Committee, and she's making a claim against a Supreme Court nominee. So how, how is it that you can just take half of the committee out of the ballgame because they happen to be white? They happen to be old, and they happen to be men. I don't understand how you can do that, but that's what we're hearing from everybody. Oh, this would be bad. This would be terrible to watch that. That would be, that would be uh, horrible because they, they, they shouldn't be the ones questioning her. Why not? And, and, and if they shouldn't be the ones questioning her, then they shouldn't be the ones in the U.S. Senate, and they shouldn't be the ones on the Judiciary Committee. Why, why not just, just uh, de-appoint all the old white men and just fill a bunch of fill it with a bunch of old white ladies and black men and black people. If, if that's the, is that what we want? Is that, is that we want, we want the, uh, the pundits of the world to, uh, to create this, uh, the tribunal here. I don't get it. And I don't, I don't buy into it either. I, I I'm tired of these people, uh, these conservatives out there who talk about optics all the time. The optics are, are, are what they are. If you're an old white man and you're elected to the U.S. Senate from Utah, the people of Utah are the ones who determine that person sitting there. And if, and if you don't like it, then talk to the people in Utah about, their, about Orrin Hatch. But until then, Orrin Hatch is a sitting U.S. senator. He's white. He's old. He's on the Judiciary Committee, and he ought to be asking her questions. And So I don't understand what, what, what this is all about, but I'm so disappointed when I hear – uh, reasonable conservative people talk about optics and now, oh, we don't want that. Wait a minute. If you don't want that, then we shouldn't have that to begin with. I mean, I, I, I don't it, – it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the, when, when these conservatives go there, the, the president should not uh, talk tough on trade. This is terrible. 
But the president talked tough on trade during the campaign. People elected him because he talked tough on trade. So why are you telling him now not to do it? Oh, it'd be terrible. The optics wouldn't be right. It, you know, this guy, you know, he wouldn't look, wouldn't look right. It's like, well, no, we elected him. And if you don't like it, you can suck it. And, and, and frankly, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, again, not a defender of, of people squatting in the U.S. Senate for decades. But they're there. Susan Collins, I guess, in an effort to kind of avoid insulting everybody with the old white men thing, uh, decided she would come up with a different proposal. And that proposal would be to have the attorneys for Kavanaugh publicly interview the woman and the attorneys for the woman publicly interview Kavanaugh or, or interrogate him or cross-examine them. That would be that would be great. I, I'd love to see that. But if you're going to have that, then why have the Judiciary Committee? You know what I'm saying? It's like Susan Collins, that's a, not a bad idea, but you still have to beg the question, okay, then why even have the committee then? Why even have confirmation proceedings? Why, uh, why do any of that? If you're just going to simply take the Judiciary Committee out of the ball game because there are too many white guys on it. Oh, uh, we, you know, we decided to change everything we do regarding judicial nominations because there are too many white guys on the panel. So we have to figure out another way to do this. It doesn't make any sense. But people still still operate that way. That's still what they do is they they still want to take everybody out of the ball game because of their race, because of their age, whatever. But but they want and, and, and it's enabled by friends of ours, enabled by people we know. Oh yeah, it just wouldn't look right. Well, too bad. If it doesn't look right, then, then, then let's have some balls to explain why it is right, even if it doesn't look right. Let's have some guts and explain to people, yeah, I know it doesn't look right, okay, but it is right. H- how about in this country, finally people step up and say, yeah, I know it doesn't look right, but you're wrong. It is right. Yeah, having the, I'll, I'll stop it after this, okay? Having those white guys, anything this woman wouldn't look right. You can defend that, people, in your offices and with your family, whatever. you That's an easy defense. All you have to say is, yeah, but you know what? Unfortunately for you and your opinion is, these guys happen to be elected U.S. senators on a judiciary committee. So that makes it kind of difficult when you say it doesn't look right. So if it doesn't look right, then perhaps the fact that they were elected to begin with isn't right. And then at that point, you need to go talk to somebody else about that including the states that elected these guys. But in the meantime, uh, it doesn't matter whether it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right that this woman's attorney is a longtime Democratic activist and, and, a, and, a, and a Al Franken, Bill Clinton defender and a member of the resistance. It doesn't look right. But let me tell you something. She can explain that away. She's a lawyer. She's a liberal. She's involved in this kind of stuff. Of course she's that way. So, yeah, it doesn't look right, but the fact of the matter is, is it, it is right. And it might taint her motivations. That's true. But you've got to prove that one way or the other. So far, this woman has only opened up to Savannah Guthrie and maybe one other anchor out there. But she owes this country, and, and she even owes her 
well, if there are any, in terms of if you could say this, she owes all other victims or supposed victims of sexual assault, she owes them transparency too. Because let me tell you something about people who make false claims against other people. You just have to go back to the age-old boy who cried wolf. And people who make scurrilous accusations, they don't have to defend, make it harder for people who really actually have been attacked, who really actually have been assaulted, because people tend not to believe you. The reason why there are people who have a hard time getting heard in this country is because there are so many others who fake their stories, who fake uh, their claims. And, and so f- her being cagey and trying to move the ball around and say, oh, on second thought, I think I might just go to the FBI because I don't want to do it. It's like being used as a pawn by political forces doesn't help your fellow alleged sexual assault victims. It doesn't help your Me Too movement. It doesn't help any of that. It makes us all suspicious. I think this woman is full of crap. That's what I think. I think she's lying. I I don't even know whether really anything happened to her. And and I think she's being used as a pawn by the Democrats. So I I don't believe her. And I believe the committee ought to ignore her and take the vote. And if people don't like it, then the committee ought to say, kiss my rear end. Because we're here to do a job. We're either going to confirm this guy or not. Let's go ahead and do it. But right now, all they're doing is they're playing a game where they want to, uh, they want to, they're really trying to get Kavanaugh to give up. They're trying to get Kavanaugh to go to the president and say, golly, this is too hard. It's too hard on my family. Uh, this kind of thing. If this happens, you might as well just close the shop and walk away. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen. That, that, that's going to be a this going to be a crucial next couple of days on this matter. So these guys uh, decided now. Richard Blumenthal, after standing behind standing behind that one insulting uh, woman, Hirono, that I'll get to in a second. The Blumenthal says that he wants this thing withdrawn. He's a Democrat, of course, but this is. What he's saying is there as the reason why. You know, I've I've opposed his nomination yeah, from the beginning. Uh, I've opposed it from the beginning. Uh, I think the nomination should be withdrawn. He has raised serious doubts about his credibility in his testimony already. He's been evasive and seemingly misleading. And the bar here is not whether you have not criminally assaulted someone, it's credibility, trust, integrity. But since Maisie has called for men to step forward, uh, let me just say... No, 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 she she didn't say for men to step forward. She said for them to shut up and step forward. And, And to my recollection, I see you running your mouth, so you're not obeying Maisie. People around here, men and women. Let me just say to my Republican colleagues... Now is the time for you to step forward, speak out, stand up for our institutions in this country, for the rule of law, because this nomination will not only cast a shadow over Judge Kavanaugh, if he were ever to be confirmed, 
it will also stain the United States Supreme Court. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's a nice little package you just uh, put together there, Mr. Blumenthal. And remember, the United States Supreme Court has no armies, has no police force. People obey the United States Supreme Court's orders because of its trust and credibility. Yeah. First of all, I don't get these people who suddenly have this are, – are now teaching some weird civics lesson about how, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have a police force or an army. That it's all rel- – yeah, we, we, get, we understand that. We, we, I think we, we kind of get what the founding fathers did, even though Hillary now uh, is, by the way, calling for the abolishment of the Electoral College so that she can work hard in Los Angeles and hard in – New York and hard in Philadelphia and win an election because she didn't work hard in Altoona and didn't work hard in Springfield and lost the way she should have lost because that's what the Electoral College is designed to do. You got to work hard everywhere, dear Chicky Poo, otherwise you lose. And when you're an insufferable human being, that tends to hurt you too. So I'm just saying. But anyway, that's what that's what Hillary's up to. But Richard Blumenthal doesn't need to kind of kind of explain to me what the Supreme Court is. But you notice how convenient it is. This will tarnish the entire Supreme Court. Oh, really? Yes, it will uh, disease them with uh, full blown uh, sex assault cancer. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Then this. So back to this uh, Senator Hirono, who. who has now decided this is going to be her crusade against men and, and her lapdog Blumenthal was all, uh, all into, you know, behaving according to her. She's got, she's got Blumenthal by, by his balls. I'll tell you. You're one of just four women on the committee. How does that impact the proceedings, if at all? Of course it helps that there are women on that committee, but you know what? I expect the men in this country and the men in this committee and many of them believe me because we all signed on to this letter to uh, demand an FDI investigation but really guess who's perpetuating all of these kinds of actions it's the men in this country and I just want to say to the men in this country just shut up and step up shut up and step up so okay and then when I step up what do I do kiss your ass is that what is that what you want me to do or uh, eat out of your hand, get my kibble from your, from your hand. What, what do you want me to do? So, a- again, and back to the FBI investigation, folks, uh, the FBI can't do anything about this even if they wanted to. The only thing they could, thing they could reveal uh, possibly, and, 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 and maybe it's true, is that the FBI ought to... Uh, figure out whether or not there's anybody putting her up to this because, because she apparently uh, has been all over the map here and now is evading the Judiciary Committee and now they are trying to evade any kind of transparency over her claim. So let me ask you this. You've got Kavanaugh who is going out there and saying, I will answer any question anybody has, and I will do it in front of the American public on TV. I will answer 
any question anybody has. Well, not not anybody, but, you know, the Judiciary Committee, whatever. I, I will go and answer anything you want to roll by my way. That's that's the Supreme Court nominee. Right. That that's the that's the person on the Supreme Court, Supreme Court who says, I will answer any question that you happen to have. And what's the claimant doing? She's she's declining to appear before the Judiciary Committee. And instead wants an FBI investigation that everybody knows is not going to go anywhere because there's nothing here to prosecute. You can't. There's, the statute of limitations has way, way passed. Uh, so I don't know what you'd even do. So this is just an evasion tactic. So if you look at uh, a woman who is trying to evade transparency, making claims against a Supreme Court nominee who is inviting it, who do you think has more credibility? I mean, who do you think has uh, – who, who, who do you want to prevail in this battle? The person who is purposely trying to hide and allowing herself to be used as a political pawn or the guy who is saying, I will add, answer any question you put my way, anything you have, I will, I will answer. And then you have a woman making claims, and then, and then her enablers are all, uh, yeah, but we don't want her answering questions from old white men, though. We don't want that. I'm like, you mean the old white men on the committee who are elected U.S. senators? Yeah, those people. Okay. Then maybe you need to go back in time and, and make sure they don't get elected again or take them off the Judiciary Committee and just stack it full of minorities if that's what you want. So that's what we're getting. And that whole thing, I, I, I'm deciding to be a little bit, uh, a little bit irascible today. So I'm going to play this song for you and see if you can you can that's what these people are that's what the old white men are I'm tired of seeing pretty people everywhere white male news conference old white male news conference instead these guys instead these guys have all taped their balls down and, and, and are slinkering around the judiciary there you know, the men, the men on the judiciary committee, the old white men are being pushed around, and they're all wearing spanks now, so people can't see their, you know what? Oh no, I'm not a male. No, I'm not. Don't. Nothing to see here. Just go right by me, because they're, they're they're being hunted now. Oh, Lord. But that's what we're seeing. There's just, there's just so much craziness. And, and there is some symmetry with the, uh, with the Bert and Ernie story. Because it, it, it's so frustrating trying to get a straight answer from anybody now. So the writer of in Sesame Street, who, who is responsible for creating the Bert and Ernie characters, are going, yeah, I, yeah I'm gay. I'm in a relationship like they are, and I just kind of projected my my feelings, my point of view onto onto these guys, which is perfectly reasonable. 
And it's perfectly reasonable for Bert and Ernie to be gay if they're gay. You know, it's, they seem like a very nice couple. And a, and a normal couple. I think that's good. When Facebook comes out, they're like, um, nope. You guys better. They are not gay. They never have been gay. Even though they are identified as male, and we're like, what are you identified as male? So you're telling us, yeah, they may not, we don't even, we can't even say they're male. It's like, okay. Yeah, no, uh, we, it, this is what it's, this must be what it's like. This is what it's like watching things on Capitol Hill, listening to these, the Sesame Street people coming out on Twitter and trying to refute that Bert and Ernie are gay. Well, you know, uh, they just identify as male. I'm like, okay. You see, they're puppets. Like, that's true. We, we, we I understand that. And they don't have any sexual orientation. I go, I can buy, buy that too. But the idea that they, they might not, well, we, we don't even, they're, they're just, they just identify as male. We don't even, we don't identify people based on any of that. And that's true. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I had, uh, like, stuffed animals and stuff, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't identify them as, I didn't have a, a, a male-female attachment to one or the other. Although I, 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 did, I didn't think about that really much as a kid. But I will tell you that most of my stuffed animals, when I did have them, were male. I didn't actually have, like, a female, a female monkey or something, you know. That sounded weird, didn't it? No, I, but I didn't. But I didn't have one of those. I didn't have like you know. I, I when you know boys usually generally don't have like girl, da, uh, girl stuffed animals. I, I don't think. I don't, I don't really know. Oh, I never got to the deep state guy, did I? Okay, I'll get to him really quickly. This is this is the Project Veritas thing where they found this guy, Stuart Carafa. This guy works in the State Department, people. This is your, this is your deep state right here. Uh, Stuart Carafa, Department of State. And this is an undercover video of the guy talking about, uh, yeah, Linda had a doll. She had a male was Ken. I had, okay, this is going to be weird, but I'll have to figure out whether what, what, what personality I have because apparently scientists have identified four personality types and it's pretty much it. So we, I'm one of four. You're one of four. Uh, that's it. How do you keep saying with this evil nonsense going on? Asked Diane. Well, um, well, I talk about stuffed animals and I talk about uh, studying Talking Heads lyrics, just as a diversion. Anyway, and and I and I and, and Bert and Ernie, whether they're gay or not gay, whatever. So anyway, here is Stuart Carafa. Robert said he's undercover. And, uh, and yeah, Stephanie's right, though. Sesame's a children's show, learning program. Children should just enjoy the fun and not be thinking about it. And I don't think they do because Bert, Bert and Ernie are a gay couple, but they never talk about being gay. This guy was just – the writer of Bert and Ernie was just simply interviewed in a magazine, and he said, I visualized them as a gay couple. That was, you know, that was what 
uh, I did, but but there was never anything in Sesame Street uh, that I can recall or I can recall anybody pointing out that that indicated that anything about their sexuality. They were just two guys living together and partnering together and doing whatever. But they there was never anything, and that, and that's that's probably the best way to do it for a children's show, anyway. But 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 uh, the the fact that they they are and visualized by the writer is not there shouldn't be a problem with that. But I would think that people would have a little bit of an issue if it be if it be if it was an issue that was you know, um, if, if like if Ernie was come to come to bed, Bert, it's like that would be a problem, probably on Sesame Street, or you know, does my butt look fat in these jeans? You know that kind of thing. That would probably be a little bit of a problem. But other than that, I, th- I think that it's, it's, it's been kind of innocuous. But Sesame Street's like falling all over itself. They are just friends. <laughs> Love it, though. It's kind of fun, you know? I, if that's all we had to worry about, it'd be fantastic, you know? If, uh, if that was the big question of the, of the week, you know, that's the, the, the big pondering question. If that's something we had to climb up onto the mountain and ask the, uh, the sage... Dear Sage, I've climbed 10,000 feet up to the mountaintop to ask a question that I has desperately is weighing on the minds of all of the people down below that I must go back and report to. Are Bert and Ernie gay? That's what I want to know. If that was all we had to worry about, it'd be fantastic. And maybe it actually is all we have to worry about. Maybe this other stuff is all just a mirage. We're all watching three-year-olds up there at Capitol Hill going about their business and trying to run the country into the ground. And we've got the adult in the room, which is, happens to be Donald J. Trump, taking care of business. 4% GDP, lowest Latino unemployment in, in decades. Telemundo even is reporting it now. Below 5%, lowest black unemployment. Stock market going nuts. Wages increasing, people buying boats, cars, businesses opening, businesses expanding. And these guys standing in front of microphones. Men, stand up and shut up. It's like, yo, shush. Let the adult in the room take care of business. We all voted for him. And let's just let him go ahead and take care of business and deal with all. And you guys can deal with all your other nonsense. And, and, and we can watch you on TV and watch you do all your stuff. And, and you all can do all that kind of stuff. But let the, let the adult in the room take care of business because he is. And, and he's the one affecting our lives. This, this uh, harpy from Hawaii doesn't have one ounce of an effect on our lives. And, you know, tell you the truth, yeah, it's going to be horrible uh, if uh, Kavanaugh goes. But there'll just be another one. Uh, and he'll be another conservative, and, and, the, and, the, and the Democrats aren't going to take over the Senate. It's a lie. It's a myth. It's a, it's, a, it's a wet dream. It's not happening. So that's what's going on. All right, so on to Stuart Carafa, Department of State. This is a guy – watch out for the language. and I, I can't tell whether it's beeped or not, but this is uh, Undercover, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. Listen to this guy. That's a little intro on the, on the movie. You're watching a movie. Just everything. Everything. Every level. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to fire federal employees. I don't know. Yeah. 
that guy from the State Department just said, you know what? Resist everything. Screw everything up. It's impossible to fire federal employees. And, it, and, and actually, it kind of is, you know. This is O'Keefe with his uh, trench coat on and his hat. The Department of State. So he's mashing together all these guys who are part of the deep state. Clapper, Brennan, the IRS, Department of Justice. And this Carafa guy. (laughs) Boasting that he has nothing to lose. It's impossible to fire federal employees. And all we have to do in the deep state is... Resist everything, every level, F stuff up. This video is very good. A vast administrative bureaucracy, what some have called an extra legal state within a state, anonymous, faceless, resistors seeking to thwart the consent of the governed and undermine a duly elected president. Many have called it a conspiracy theory, but after a recent New York Times op-ed, that conspiracy has turned into a political reality. For more than a year, Project Veritas has been investigating the deep state. We have caught on our undercover cameras conspirators admitting to violating their ethics reports, illegally using government resources and subverting government policies. What you are about to see is the hidden face of the resistance inside the executive branch of our government. These avowed socialists, this unelected cabal, would argue that they're saving America. But by thwarting the will of the people, what they're actually doing is subverting our democracy and setting up a constitutional crisis. I'm trying to figure out why, when O'Keefe does stuff like this, no one pays attention to it. Why, why it doesn't become, uh, why it does, doesn't become news like he's he's doing stuff uh that that certainly the 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 news media isn't doing and he's got these people on camera and 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 he's confirming pretty much everything we suspected about the deep state and yet no one pays attention to this stuff I would imagine if somebody, you know, like Amarosa, for instance, can come out and say she's got a tape and never even have to show the tape of the president using the N word. Never have to shoot it. They have nine member panels on CNN talking about that, and they don't have one shred of tape to show. O'Keefe has miles of it, and and never gets any attention. What is truly striking is their boldness. They are not afraid. They're even boastful about a warped reality where they won't get caught and couldn't get fired, even if they did. Well, Martha's pointing out something, Hanny. I mean, I understand. I understand that that, that I understand. I'm, 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 I understand that 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 uh, Fox News and Hannity are airing. What I'm saying is, no one else is paying attention to this kind of stuff. No one else in the mainstream. I mean, it can be on Hannity's show, it can be on my show, but you all know already that this exists. This is just confirming what we already know. These other people are in complete, total denial over the thing. 
You know, for instance, and also, why are these employees then also not being investigated by the uh, general accounting office? You know, why, why these people are supposed to be uh, individuals who are uh, working for the United States government as federal employees and, and, uh, and are supposed to be basically not revealing or not acting upon their own personal political beliefs. But this guy, he's this Stuart Carafa guy at the Department of State, is certainly uh, uh, one of those who needs to be about a investigated. Where they won't get caught. And couldn't get fired, even if they did. Stuart Carafa is a card-carrying member of the Democratic Socialists of America. Carafa may look the dull bureaucratic State Department employee with his suit and tie, but make no mistake, this man is a radical who boasts of resistance, socialism, and the abuse of federal work rules. I work for the State Department. Uh, I mean, I'm a civil servant, so I'm a union member and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I look at it this way. So now that my, the administration cut my program that I was on, it was a cool like, data analytics program where you can modernize and modernize, democratize, shine sunlight in places where it should be. And they cut it, and now I'm just straight like. 8.30 to 5. So he's saying that he's now was part of an analytics group that uh, used to be there, of data analytics, and the administration came in and said, you know what, this doesn't seem like it's uh, 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 this program has a whole lot of veracity. We're going to cut it. And so now this a-hole is a just a 8.30 to 5 guy, 9 to 5 guy. so much more time and like emotional bandwidth than all this stuff. Carafa is not shy about how he uses his time at work to resist while being paid by the federal government. Instead of... So, so I like, it's, f- that, I'm going to do DSA work. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, F that, I'm going to do DSA work. That's Democratic Socialists of America work. And... and do DSA work. Yeah, I, I don't leave a paper trail. I don't do emails or do anything like that. And so I just kind of do all this kind of stuff undercover, and nobody can tell what I'm doing. It, uh, you know, uh, this is completely kind of uh, off off base. I just kind of like don't let anybody know I'm doing it. This guy ought to be fired. This guy ought to be fired. By the way, uh, Scotty's pointing out Jim Hoft, who's uh, he's going to be on with us tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow is a better day for him, and we'll talk about that link. That uh, Scotty, thanks for putting that link up, uh, where it shows that, uh, and we'll go back it, anyway. I'll I'll try to I'll sh- you guys I'll I'll put the link to the actual story up there uh, in the Facebook section, so you guys can check out the O'Keefe thing, and then we'll move on to what uh, Scotty's talking about, and then we'll also move on. Uh, to uh, what I'm fascinated by, and that is the four personalities that have been identified. Only four. And you might be one of them. And if you're not, uh, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know what your deal is. But if you're not one of these four personalities, then I'm going to have to uh, figure out what exactly you are. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load this out. Here, let me just do this uh, thing for you guys really quickly here and, and get it uh, up on the um, 
up on the Facebook page for you while it loads here. And I'll put the uh, tape for you up on the comments section there. Let me just see where we are here. There we go. It's moving kind of slow here. Must be the heat in here. There. There we go. The Resist Everything guy. Just put it up there for you to see. And then uh, we had the latest from the Gateway Pundit, Jimmy Hoff, who's going to be with us tomorrow. But he's got a letter up on the uh, Gateway Pundit site now. And, and and you need to look at it because this is a, a an important thing uh, when it comes to what she's uh, what what this uh, person has been up to, and and, and that actually uh, she's been around the block uh, before in terms of uh, of 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 what she's been up to before in the past and the FBI apparently the news is they're not going to go near this thing so so I I would hope that tomorrow is Thursday that the Judiciary Committee goes about its business and does not delay this confirmation vote so uh, you know Diane Feinstein referred this letter about Kavanaugh to the FBI uh, and she dropped the letter as a last resort but now it turns out uh, she's clearly a far-left activist. And uh, Ford apparently also at one time accused Neil Gorsuch of, of abuse. Now, now I, we don't know whether or not this is uh, true. What Jimmy is doing is he's linking a tweet put up by a guy named Josh Cornett. And according to sources, Dianne Feinstein's reluctance to mention the Kavanaugh accuser's letter during confirmation session is because the accuser sent a similar letter directed at Judge Gorsuch last year. The whereabouts of the earlier letter remain a mystery. So this is uh, developing as of, you know, last night. And now keep in mind... With some of this news coming out, I don't know whether you guys were able to catch the Diane Feinstein hallway interview where uh, she was talking about this situation and actually seemed to be kind of not speaking in the language that other people have been speaking in when it came to uh, this supposed victim. Like we had, we had Barbara Boxer saying, this was attempted rape. That's like, okay. But Feinstein is, is, she's the one who handled this letter, by the way. And again, it's possible that she also wrote a letter, uh, a similar letter about Neil Gorsuch. So we're, we're getting to that now. We don't know whether that's true or not. But here is Diane Feinstein from yesterday. I don't know whether you it wasn't played. Much. I have no say. I'm the lead Democrat, so this is all up to the Republican side. I can't say everything's truthful. I don't know. Yeah. She can't say everything's truthful. I don't know. Now that's not like a bombshell admission. That's not her jumping ship. But the the, the fact of the matter is, you know it seems like she has enough questions that she's like a lot of us. And that is that we just don't know. And, you know, we don't know. I mean, I have an opinion about it. I don't believe her. And, and, 
you know, this is the, and Emily's pointing out that that tweet, you know, we don't know whether it's true. We don't, again, we don't know. All I'm seeing is I'm bringing it out there because Jimmy put it up on the, a link to it. We, but again, uh, we don't know whether that's true. And I, I said that at the very top, that, that it's just whatever they're, they're saying. We don't know that she did write a letter about Gorsuch. But there's enough question about her whole approach here that that I believe that there's that that this this claim that she's making is definitely one that is uh, is is in question at the very least, and so tomorrow I think the committee ought to have some guts and just go ahead and do what they uh, uh, do what they should be doing, and that is go ahead with the vote and not delay it any longer. Now there are pictures coming out of uh, of Kavanaugh and and Kavanaugh's accuser, Kavanaugh's her, her attorney and and his accuser, uh, both marching at the at the Never Trump rally in April of 2017 at the anti-Trump Science March in Los Angeles. And uh, Ford is wearing a pink brain hat. So, so it wasn't actually the, the pussy hat. It was a pink brain hat that she was also wearing at the Women's March uh, after the Trump inauguration. So she was interviewed, actually, by the Mercury News, the San Jose uh, Mercury News. And she said, it's a science party. The March for Science is promoted as a movement to make sure science stays part of the political conversation. And, and she's chanting, science, not silence, in the video. And she's wearing a brain, pink brain hat, uh, carrying a sign promoting science. And, of course, you'd, 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 you'd uh, see it. This is, the, this is what it sounds like, the March for Science. <laughs> I have to admit, though, I think it's I think it's great we have stupid things like this, like a march for science. <laughs> Wearing a pink pussy brain hat. It's my other. This is my other thing. This my other. I guess it's my other fantasy now. I can. I can. I'm going to sit around. Ponder Bert Nerney's gayness. I'm going to analyze Talking Heads lyrics and then maybe go out onto the street if I can get up off my couch and go and march for science. What's crazy is when I'm looking at this video, is they're not even really marching at all. They're kind of sauntering. And they're not saying anything. <laughs> they're just like, kind of like, I think that you actually get to some, you know, rally point. But, the, but they're carrying sides, but nobody's really like talking or anything.
I guess when he asked it, I was like, why are you, what are you doing? It's like, we're marching for science. Why aren't you talking? Like, why aren't you chanting anything? It's like, because there's nothing to chant about science, except that science is not silence thing. You know, just walking around. Hell, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like five minutes into this thing, and they haven't said a word. But anyway, she was there. She was at the, uh, she was at the March for Science. She was, she's an activist. And again, that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that she's lying about being sexually assaulted. I'm not saying that, but I mean, how is it possible that we have some? Can we just have one person make? some kind of claim that that isn't tied to a resist movement or something is it is it is there anybody out there who just is kind of like you know uh clean everybody always has some axe to grind everybody always has something in their past and you're like this is uh this is nuts it's it's, it's like is it does anybody have any kind of credibility here or any kind of uh can we just get somebody who doesn't have a background? And, and, and how convenient is it that suddenly you have uh, somebody who is, who is a left-wing, voracious left-wing activist, and yet – and they're the ones making the claim. Why can't it be just some – conservative woman or something. It has to always has to be like a left-wing pussy hat wearing crazy who makes the claim. And to me, that diminishes the credibility of her claim. It just makes it look horrible. So I say that I say the committee just goes ahead and just uh just absolutely just goes and does their duty on uh tomorrow. And and deal with it. And as far as I'm concerned, too, uh, if she's not going to be interviewed, then Kavanaugh shouldn't either. And and but but then again, maybe he should. Maybe he ought to go before the committee, and they can ask him questions about it. And let's go. Let's let's. let's I mean, Kavanaugh is the one who wants to be. And I think it'd be great. Kavanaugh is the one who's be who is transparent. But why don't, why don't they do this tomorrow morning? The Judge Kavanaugh comes on. He is asked a bunch of pertinent questions, and then the committee takes a vote. Why are we waiting for her? Why is she controlling everything? And, 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 and even as Feinstein points out, uh, she doesn't have any power here. Feinstein basically, you know, one of the things that was interesting about what she said was she doesn't know that everything is truthful, but, you know, keep in mind what else she said. She said that she has no power. So, so, so why does she have power in the minds of the news media or beyond? I have no say. I'm the lead Democrat, so this is all up to the Republican side. I mean, okay. So if this is all up to the Republican side, what the hell are we waiting for? What, 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 is, this, what is this committee waiting for? We've, we've, I think we've been through a couple days where we've seen this woman's story crash and burn. She, she won't go before the committee. They don't have to tell you everything you need to know. 
They want the FBI to investigate, even though there's certainly nothing the FBI could charge Kavanaugh with. There's nothing they could do. So that's just that's just a false claim uh, and a delay delay tactic. And and, and she uh, she took a polygraph test in August, and at the same time claimed that she reluctantly came forward. So all, all that said, and then you have Feinstein saying we don't have any power. I don't. I don't have any say at all. I have this. no say. I'm the lead Democrat, so this is all up to the Republican side. So Republicans have some balls and and make a decision. Do do it. Vote, ask, inquire, whatever you want to do, but go ahead and do it. But unfortunately. We've got the likes of Jeff Flake, right? And we got the other guys who actually uh, have suddenly been caught swimming halfway out into the lake and can't get back now because they, they because three days ago or two days ago they were all slobbering all over themselves, so happy that this thing came out and they could possibly derail Kavanaugh's thing. But this story is drying up pretty fast. This story is uh, is crashing pretty fast, don't you all think? I mean, it, 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 the 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 reality is that the woman's position isn't improving at all. It's actually not improving at all. In fact, it's it's kind of going backwards. I mean, listen, when you've got Allison Camarado on CNN asking tough questions and kind of like doubting what's going on here. When you've got her on, on CNN doing that, uh, you've, you've kind of got in yourself into a situation where, you know what, this woman might be kind of in trouble. Now she's hiding. She's in hiding. So what you had was, in my opinion, you had a false story, a false accusation, a scurrilous one that was dropped the last minute by a Diane Feinstein who now says she doesn't really know whether anything is truthful. You have a woman who claims she came reluctantly forward but took a polygraph test in, in August that we still don't know anything about. But you've got a very flimsy story put up by an anti-Trump activist and her activist lawyer, a very flimsy story. And what, what you saw was all the usual suspects coming out and hopping on it to see how long they could ride it. So you had Jeff Flake hopping on it and coming out and, and saying that he was, we need to delay the vote. You had the Democrats all coming out. You had all these people coming out of the woodwork, and yet uh, they're, they're – whole case was built on quicksand and suddenly they're all sinking in there and there's not there's nothing to see here and and what they're trying to do with the FBI thing is they're trying to uh delay it so that Kavanaugh gives up and 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 I don't think he will I hope he doesn't this would be horrible meanwhile the media interestingly enough it's it's curious how they Remember when the accusers came out against Bill Clinton uh, and and when Bill Clinton was being accused of all kinds of stuff, you had a lot of people who were covering for Bill Clinton who 
at least one of them now, well, you can actually just look at the whole cast of The View, but there's one of them now uh, who's on TV talking about how this woman must be believed. That she, that she must be treated like she's got bombshell info and must be held to the, in the highest credibility. Yeah, it's, 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 if it's not George Stephanopoulos. Question. If this hearing happens yeah. on Monday, they're both up there. They both tell their story to the country. What will be the standard of proof well, well, for Kavanaugh? After, if they both testify to vote for Kavanaugh, you're going to have to, at some level, be saying she's not telling you. must her. disbelieve her. Yeah, well, that's true. Now, that, that's kind of a box that they're trying to put in the committee in. As you notice, Stephanopoulos and these people, the media has been desperately trying to, uh, to, to bully and push around the committee members. You, I don't know whether you've noticed that. We had the latest with this one where, well, if you say – if you go ahead and confirm Kavanaugh, then you're just saying a sexual assault victim lied. That's basically what, what they're – you better not do that. And by the way, if you're an old white male on the committee, we can't have old white males questioning. Or even I had a disappointing interview with Ari Fleischer saying the same thing. We just can't have these old white male senators doing the interviewing. It just doesn't look right. Well, you know what? That's too bad. We happen to have old white guys on the, on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And if you don't like that, then talk to the people who elected them. But right now they're elected old white males, and that's just uh, your problem, not ours. And, and by the way, I don't know where the white thing comes in, but we've discussed all that. So interestingly enough, it's, it's curious how Stephanopoulos is now kind of carrying the torch for this woman and basically putting the Judiciary Committee up against a wall and, 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 and force them into this idea that they have to give her credibility. Uh, and if they go ahead and approve him, then otherwise they uh, are uh, – they're not going to they're, they're going to deny a sexual assault victim her due. But anyway, curious that George Stephanopoulos was uh, was that person on TV. Because as I recall, I go back to 1992. Uh, all too human. That was uh, that was uh, George Stephanopoulos's book. And George Stephanopoulos quoted Hillary Clinton in the book uh, regarding the accusers uh, of her husband, and one in particular. We have to destroy her story, she said, according to Stephanopoulos. And in this book, Stephanopoulos rendered no analysis or verdict or negative or otherwise of what Hillary Clinton said, in what became a common tactic, affidavits were collected from an aide and two others who stated they were with Mr. Clinton at the hotel and that the story was false. When the work was done, both Clintons called George Stephanopoulos together to offer their thanks. And and also, by the way, Stephanopoulos also went after Jennifer Flowers. I don't know whether you remember that, but Judicial Watch 
back in 2011, exposed the inner workings of the Clinton smear machine when they filed suit against Hillary Clinton, Carville, and Stephanopoulos on behalf of Jennifer Flowers. So when Flowers publicly acknowledged having an affair with then-Governor Bill Clinton and released the audio tapes of telephone conversations before uh, between her and Clinton discussing the affair, um, Hillary, Carville, and Stephanopoulos all conspired to discredit her and smear her name. And all three of them repeatedly defamed her in the national media and, and, and talked her down. So these are the same people now, although I haven't heard from Carvel. I don't know what he's up to. Where is James Carvel these days? He's not being interviewed at all by anybody. And, and keep in mind, by the way, uh, these people uh, are the same people now who are saying, oh, we, she must be heard. If the if the Judiciary Committee doesn't uh, say that that if the Judiciary Committee says that Kavanaugh should go through, then they're denying her sexual assaulthood. They're not they're not they're not seeing her as credible. It's terrible. But in the meantime, that's all they did. Now keep in mind, Jennifer Flowers back in the day was not a conservative activist. Was not a conservative at all or at least wasn't wasn't on paper and was not did wasn't part of a resist bill clinton movement you know what wasn't part of a you know, she she wasn't she didn't have anything back in the day uh, but but this woman who's accusing Kavanaugh, there's plenty of evidence that she has been all over the map in terms of her hatred of president trump how come that how could that not be a situation where you're kind of picking up on the fact that uh, there's something not right here. And you also, even as Margaret's pointing out, look at what, look at how they're re- responding to these situations regarding Keith Ellison, who is the second in command there at the Democratic Party and who's on his way to becoming the prosecutor there in uh, Minnesota. I mean, look how they're dealing with allegations against him. They're basically not even... Uh, you know, they're not even in a situation where they're paying hardly any attention to these victims. Hillary, yeah, she deserves the benefit of the doubt is what Hillary Clinton is saying about this woman. And this is the same hag who went after Jennifer Flowers and every one of her husband's accusers. She's now saying that this woman deserves to be heard. And, and and again, we're supposed to uh, we're 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 supposed to believe uh, that she has credibility now. I guess presumably what because she's uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, you know that's that is what's crazy about this whole thing is that now suddenly Hillary Clinton has the FBI flipped. to do that investigation. Right? Is that's the relevant precedent? Here? That is the relevant precedent. Yeah. That that. The FBI is not conducting uh, an independent investigation. It's conducting a background investigation. Mm -hmm. And the client, if you will, the requester is the White House. Listen to Hillary talking about the FBI. She's got some balls. Yeah, do you see what the FBI does? They make it hard 
for people to ask hard questions. Yeah. Hillary Clinton talking about the FBI. It's like, oh, really? What else do you know about the FBI? Well, I know that I can lie to the FBI and get away with it. Because my interviewers are never Trumpers. She's talking about Rachel Maddow, though, by the way. And uh, you see Maddow's show is number one on the evening cable. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's so many people who just desperately need a pacifier because they're still so butthurt over this election. They need somebody who's going to tell them, you know, that there's still hope that President Trump will be impeached. But I do say that, too. Uh, saying that I actually I actually like Rachel Maddow, and I, and I was explaining this to somebody the other day. Uh, and the reason why I like watching Rachel Maddow when I do watch her, and why I have respect for her, even though I totally disagree with her and sometimes think she's off base, but I respect her on one level, and that is that uh, that she admits that she has a point of view. And she is doesn't hide the fact that she is liberal, maybe even left, far left. Doesn't hide the fact that she's uh, a liberal, left wing supporter of Democrats on MSNBC. And so I'm like, okay, uh, that I that I can accept. That 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 that's the kind of person when you when you are authentic in that sense. And you are actually somebody who uh, is authentic and, and, and who says who you are and I know who you are, then I'm good. And I can respect you. And, and to tell you the truth, uh, it's, it's, uh, she's good at what she does, even though I totally disagree with her and, 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 and just you know don't agree with any of her tactics or any, any of that stuff. She is, for what she does, which is hold up the mantle of the left, for what she does, she's pretty damn good at it. And she and she's actually a likable person, even though I know people always make fun of her and 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 do all that kind of stuff. But she 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 seems to be a likable person, even if I do disagree with her or whatever. So it doesn't surprise me at all that her show is doing well. Uh and and I've I'm that way with everybody in terms of how I view them and 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 how they uh, come across to me. Uh, what the people I cannot stand are the David Muirs of the world and the Lester Holtz of the world, who and and all the other people at CNN and other places who I know are left wing, who I know are liberal, who I know vote Democrat, but they just don't have the integrity to admit it. Well, we can't admit it. We are journalists who must be objective. And you know what? There's no such thing as an objective journalist. Zero possibility of it happening at all. Any journalist who tells you that they are objective, they are absolutely lying to you. I guarantee you. And oftentimes you're not going to notice it because uh, you're like, well, they're telling both sides of the story there. No, it's not about what they're saying. It's what they're not saying. It's not about what they're covering. It's what they're not covering. So those are the people that, that drive me nuts. That's why like, I could sit there and watch Rachel Maddow 
and disagree with her and do all this kind of stuff. But I'm not, I'm not, I don't have veins popping out of my neck watching her the way I do Lester Holt and all these other biased, corrupt journalists out there who won't admit who, are, who they are. And, and uh, you know, if, if David Muir just opened his show and said, good evening, I'm David Muir and I'm a left-wing liberal Democrat. Now here's the news. I'm like, okay. Now I, now I, know, I know where you're coming from and I can digest whatever you're telling me based on what I know about you. I'm good. Lester Holt. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm a left-wing Democrat. Look at me. Good evening. And this is NBC News. I'm like, okay, I get it. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll sit there and watch your news, and I'll determine whether or not I'm going to be, uh, you know, believe what you have to say or whatever. But at least I can digest it. At least, at least you're not lying to me at the very beginning and telling me this is NBC News. This is not NBC News. This is NBC News according to liberals. This is news according to liberals. And so that's why I like Rachel Maddow, because she'll go on there, and, and she's like, yeah, Donald Trump's an I can't, he's a psycho. I can't say, you know, good. I know, I know where you're saying. It's kind of like uh, if you talk to some black people about racists, you know, and black people are more comfortable, and I wouldn't, I, I'm not saying uh, comfortable as in, you know, cozy comfortable, but black people have a lot less of a problem with a guy wearing a white hood next to them than they do the guy who kind of is acting like he's not racist but is. Black people would rather have you uh, admit you're a racist as opposed to have to guess. Just saying. So I'm so so so. It's always you know, give me the white hood in front of me uh, as opposed to the white hood uh, behind me or you know employing me who I, I don't know where they stand. I want to know where your I want to know what your position is. I want to know what your point of view is. And then, and one of the reasons why people tend to fight and not get along very well is because no one's honest about what their point of view is. No one, no one tells you, well, people do, but, but not many people tell you that they're, they're I love the people who, uh, you know, I, I, I used to do this and we'll have, and by the way, we're going to take phone calls eventually when we get our, uh, when we get our, our, uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0 going, take phone calls. But I always used to, when people used to call into the show and I'd argue with them, about something, and and they were coming at it, for, a, acting as if they're, oh, I'm just a caller on a radio show, blah, blah, blah. And then finally you say, who'd you vote for? And and usually the, the, usually it, 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 would, it would be dismantled. Be, I didn't vote. It's like, yeah, right. Because they couldn't tell, they wouldn't tell you who you voted for. It's kind of like when, uh, I don't know whatever happened, whatever happened to Scooter Von Donneken, but he used to be – he was on the Facebook page yesterday very early trying to, trying to troll the page and, and put his point of view in there. I know he listens to the show. I appreciate that. But, uh, but I finally asked Scooter, Scooter, what's your real name, dude? Then he disappeared. He, like, went, went away. He, didn't, he hasn't been back since. Because, I mean, most of the people on here, I mean, to my knowledge, all of you on here, you're using your real names. You're, I, I, can, I know who you are. When I go to a Facebook page of yours, I see pictures of you. 
and know who you are. What would be the reason why somebody would go on a Facebook page and, or, or uh, you know, I can understand when people call up on a sh- uh, radio show and their name is Chris, but it's Paul, right? I mean, I, 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 mean, I get that. But when you're using a fake name and you're, perp- and, you're, and you're promoting a certain thing, why, why? Why do you have, why do you not use your real name? Well, like, uh, if, uh, if you were a, uh, like, why does anybody on Twitter not use their real name? And I could, I could see why some people don't, depending on their job or whatever. I, I, I can see that. I can see a police officer who, who uh, wants to tweet but can't be, you know, Officer Bill Wilson. You know, you can't be, you know, because you're, you're not supposed to be doing that. I get it. But I understand why in just basic back and forth why somebody would uh, not use their real name. I don't understand what – unless you had something to hide. That's the only reason that way I could think of, uh, of why somebody would be using a fake name um, – and, and and but but and and Scott's like I would use a fake name to keep the libs from showing up my work or home. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But you know what? Uh, I think if more of us just to- told people who we are and 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 used our real names and everything else, and and if they came to our house, we just would. Uh, if they came on our property, then we'd attack them. But other than that, you know. Stand up for what you believe in and, and, and put yourself forth. Anyway, there's a long way to go with Rachel Maddow. But you guys know what I'm talking about. We don't make those kinds of demands from these. We, we, we pretend, we, we willfully take part in the lie that is the news media when they tell us that they are, that they are objective. There's no such thing. Don't let anybody tell you. News anchors, I don't care where they are. I don't care uh, what channel they're on, whatever, uh, they all have points of view. And that's why I like Rachel Maddow, because I, I know where she stands, I know what she's up, and I, and I respect the fact that she is good at what she does. So I, I, can, I can buy into all that. But Hillary Clinton on her show, though, giving us a breakdown of, well, you see, the FBI is, it's like, oh, really, Hillary, uh, tell us about the, tell us about the FBI, will you? I mean, honestly. This is this is amazing. Let me let me start from the beginning though, because I want you to hear everything, and then and then you'll hear her talk about how much she believes this woman, and this woman needs to be heard. And Hillary Clinton and George Stephanopoulos and all these guys, and how George Stephanopoulos wound up as an anchor on TV after working for a political administration is beyond me. Anyway, here she is. <laughs> Tell yeah, us. that that the FBI is not conducting uh, an independent <laughs> investigation. It's con- you can always tell her tell what she's Hillary Clinton can't tell the truth to save her life, and you can you can always tell because she will never look anybody in the eye. She she will never she will never stand there and talk to you and look you in the eye. And I never trust people who won't talk to me and look me in the eye. I never trust people like that. Did you remember when Hillary Clinton used to come out and do her speeches? And and uh, and uh, 
Well, oh, no, yeah, Morgan. I knew Scooter was a liberal, but I just wanted to know his name because that would tell you everything you need to know. People who are liberal and don't use their names are not using their names for a reason. But anyway, so when Hillary Clinton would go out and do her speeches, remember when she'd always look up in the air all the time when she talked? She looked up at the ceiling when she'd give her speeches. I don't feel no ways tired. I've worked too hard to where I came from. Hello, Los Angeles. Look up in the sky at the ceiling. And it's because she can't tell the truth. She is a born-bred liar and manipulator. You can tell by looking at her. And she's angry. Boy, I'll tell you what. I I would, though, just one time, would love to see Hillary Clinton drunk. I bet you she's mean as hell. I'd like to see her with a snout full, like a because you know she drinks her ass off. You can tell, but you but you know that uh, she'd be she's she'd be mean as hell. But I like to I like to see her with a snout full, then say something to make her mad and see what happens. I I heard about the whole thing on on election night. She apparently was. Uh, you talk about volcanic and unleashing. That'd be a word to describe Hillary Clinton on election night. They're all talking about how Donald Trump is volcanic and unleashing, but <laughs> oh man. All right, anyway. I, I just can't believe I'm listening to Hillary Clinton tell me about the inner workings of the FBI and how things work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure Rachel Maddow, you know, even you know, Rachel has a sense of humor, you gotta imagine. But uh, I've tried to get Rachel Maddow on my show before, but it's impossible. You know, she doesn't do a whole lot of interviews anyway. But, yeah, Ra- she must be deep inside it. Most of the people, at M- even at MSNBC, are like, look at this. Hillary Clinton's talking about the FBI. Like she like knows She's telling us about the FBI. <laughs> Laughing their butts off. Okay, anyway, go, Hillary, tell me. Yeah, that... that- the FBI is not conducting uh, an independent investigation. It's conducting a background investigation. Yeah, you see, this is called a background investigation. Oh, really, Hillary? Tell, tell us more. Mm-hmm. And the client, if you will, the requester is the White House. So the yeah. precedent that you just uh, referred to is the precedent for uh, getting the FBI to uh, conduct an investigation. And that's what the White House should do. Yeah. Why? Uh, do, do, does the woman making the claim really want a background investigation? If, if I'm Kavanaugh, he's already, believe me, they've already done a background investigation of this guy. They haven't done a background investigation of her yet. Um, if the Brett Kavanaugh nomination um, is now hurtling into the sun, which is what I think, um, you're wrong, Rachel. You're cute, but you're wrong. Uh, and that's just my take on it. I don't know if that'll be proven right or wrong. There, there's the question about how the Senate should should handle this matter going forward. I mean, yeah, Suzanne. She, yeah, Hillary is trying to sound like she's like an FBI expert. Now let's turn to FBI expert Hillary Clinton. 
There's this screwy precedent now where Republicans would not let President Obama fill an opening on the Supreme Court created by the death of Justice Scalia for nearly a year until they got another shot at the White House in the 2016 election. Some Republican senators during the election campaign said that... Plus, Rachel Maddow is a lot like me. She just babbles on and on and on. You were elected in 2016. Her questions are 10 minutes long, like mine. They were they fully intended to hold that seat open for all four years, if necessary, to give a Republican another shot. at Hillary's just sitting there listening to Rachel tell her how things are going down. (laughs) Given that extreme recent history, do you think that Democrats should play that kind of hardball too? be be prepared to use those kinds of tactics so as not to be sort of the patsy being pushed around on this? Or do you think that Democrats should just go through regular order with whoever Trump has to put up next if Mm -hmm. the Kavanaugh nomination fails? Well, what I would like to see is a Democratic majority that actually has the chance to make that choice. Uh, Right now, the Democrats have very few uh, tools at their disposal. Well, maybe maybe you can consult a poll, Hillary, that will tell you just like the polls told you that you would win, and maybe that would make you feel better. To stop uh, the Republicans from going full speed ahead and engaging in the kind of uh, unprecedented uh, behavior as they did uh, with uh, the Garland nomination. Uh, so I'm not in favor of either unilateral disarmament or, you know, DEFCON 10. I think that there has to be some effort to try to get back to regular order, try to get back to having a system, a process in place so that we are not subjected to the hardball. Hardball! Um, hardball! Arrgh, I'm a pirate! Arrgh, behavior you know. of the Republicans that we saw uh, in uh, the Garland nomination, and we're not subject to the outrageous denial of the information that was requested on Kavanaugh. Mm. I, I mean, there can't be one set of rules for Democrats and one set of rules for Republicans. Oh, there really can't be, can there? Because we've seen, we've seen one set of rules for the Democrats already, and we've seen the other rules uh, set for the Republicans as well, Hillary. We know, we know all about one of the this. reasons why uh, people don't have any confidence in the Congress. How can you? You don't know what's going to happen from day to day. I, I remember back in the Thomas hearings when uh, Senator Byrd, uh, was at the, okay. I haven't heard this yet, but you realize the Senator Byrd she's talking about is the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, Robert Byrd, who there's a picture of him kissing Hillary Clinton, okay, kissing her on the face, and she and Robert Byrd were like best buddies. So, I, I, again, I haven't heard this yet about Robert Byrd, but this is going to determine whether or not Hillary is, uh, well, it'd be interesting because she, is she going to defend him here or is she going to attack him? Is she going to attack uh, Kissy Face, dead, KKK, Grand Wizard Robert Byrd? Is he dead? I think he died. There's a highway named after him, by the way. It's the... Uh, Robert Byrd, it's, it's 68 there in, in uh, West Virginia. It's a good highway. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, there's nobody ever on it, really. I don't know why nobody's really ever on it, but it's, it's a good one. You can either take 70 
out to the to eat to to the east, or you can take sixty eight. I normally take sixty eight. It's more scenic, and it's beautiful, and there's nobody there, and there are no troopers at all ever. So you can just go as fast as you want to. But anyway, yeah, they named a they named a highway after Robert Byrd. That's what happens if you're a KKK Grand Wizard and you're a Democrat, you get highways named after you. Or if you're a Democrat and you drown your girlfriend, you uh, are are you're at your at your funeral. They call you uh, a liberal lion. They love you. Yeah, Kathy. They, they need to re- they rename the highway the Robert Byrd Highway. Anyway, I want to hear this because I'm 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 going to go go back just a little bit here here. I remember back in the Thomas hearings when uh, Senator Byrd uh, was asked uh, what he was going to do, and he and he said. In a situation like this, we should give the benefit of the doubt to the court and the country. And, and that's what the Republicans should be doing right now, from the White House down Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, well, at least she's, at least she's uh, loyal to the Grand Wizard. This is, this is how crazy it is that you could actually uh, – be this is, this is the different rules for different people, how you can invoke, you know – Robert Byrd, Robert KKK Byrd as your best example of of Senate integrity. And and you could be Hillary Clinton and 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 impose the name of Robert Byrd as your best example of Senate integrity when it comes to judicial nominations. As the Grand Wizard Robert KKK Byrd once said, Rachel, we should do this and this, and, you know, and of course nobody remembers it. And if Rachel Willard went to have fun, she goes, "Wasn't he in the, uh, the in the Klan? Didn't he kiss you? And didn't you call President Trump a racist?" I'm just wondering out loud. <laughs> All right. To the Senate, give the benefit of the doubt to the court and the country, and that means have a an investigation that will then lead to a hearing, that will then lead to a vote, if appropriate. And instead, they are playing uh, the hardest of hardballs. Hardest of hard, 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 hard! To, you know, try to pack the court with, uh, you know, another nominee, regardless of the question. Regardless! Remember, Rachel, there were lots of questions raised in the hearing itself about... Uh, some of his testimony, some of the uh, statements he had talks, made uh, when he was first confirmed. Talks, talks like a pirate. You know, the hard ball, I make it harder so we can go farther. For the circuit court and then additional uh, statements. So there were already reasons to doubt uh, uh, the, uh, yeah. you know, the testimony and the positions that he was taking, as well as substantive issues that are fair game for uh, Senators yeah, too. so that's all the more reason why we should believe a woman accusing him of, of attempted rape. Because there were already problems with his testimony. So, therefore, this works perfectly into the fact that we didn't want him there anyway. So, we're more than uh, uh, happy to go ahead and, and, uh, and use this. The story is falling apart. Rachel Bo- believes that the, the nomination is going to, into the sun. It's not going into the sun. All we need are Republicans to have some balls and get up there tomorrow, have Kavanaugh address this publicly before the Judiciary Committee, and go ahead and take the vote.
and I still love the fact that they don't want old white men asking questions of, of the woman, and that's why she wants to go to the FBI. Those old white men are duly elected U.S. senators, and if you don't like it, then unelect the old white men. I don't know why being white has any relevance, but yeah. D- these are duly elected U.S. senators, and, and if you don't like it, then go back to the – then back to the drawing board. Take it up with the people of Utah, as I said earlier. If you don't like Orrin Hatch in there, then talk to the people of Utah. But until then, he's a U.S. senator, and just because he's white and old and he's a man doesn't disqualify him from acting the way he should be acting as a member of the uh, Judiciary Committee. Hard, hard, hard. They're making it hard. Farder. Investigation that will then lead to a hearing. I need to I need to compile a whole list of uh, of R R R that she does. All right, so I've been waiting to get to this story for a while because I like this story. And this is uh, the scientists. See, I'm I'm pro science. I'm not anti science. So I I like reading science stories. And this is a uh, story that is in the Washington Post. And uh, scientists uh, have identified four personality types. Now, let me ask you this: I didn't, I didn't read the story ahead of time yet. I just was, I like the headline, and I'm like that. It's kind of like sometimes I buy wine because I like the label. I, uh, I like this headline on this. And I, I, do you think they're going to mention President Trump in here at all? Probably at some point. Probably negatively, but anyway. All right, so it says uh, personality type tests are hugely popular, though if you ask working psychologists, they'll tell you the results are a little better than astrological signs, which, by the way, astrological signs are absolutely correct. I don't know what these people, why these people mock astrological signs. Everything about astrological signs is absolutely correct. I totally believe in astrology. And, 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 uh, it is it, sometimes you can you can you can identify the fall signs you can identify the water signs you can identify sun signs you can identify people born in the summer as opposed to born in, in November you can identify people born in winter very easy signs are absolutely accurate Astrolo- astrology is absolutely accurate you can tell a Leo a mile away. You tell a Taurus a mile away. Tell a Pisces sometimes a mile away. You can tell, you know, Cancers, Geminis. You can tell those people right off the bat, especially a Gemini. But Cancer, you can tell too usually. But astro- uh, astrological signs, I will uh, say, as a matter of fact, are absolutely spot on correct all the time. All right, so anyway, this new study based on huge sets of personality data representing 1.5 million people has persuaded one of the staunchest critics of personality types to conclude that maybe distinct types do exist after all. In a report published in the journal Nature Human Behavior, researchers uh, – yeah, Lisa. Okay, Lisa doesn't does, – Lisa, do you not believe me that astrology is correct? You must be a, let's see, you must be a Sagittarius. I don't know. 
Oh, I don't know. Either that or maybe you're an Aries. Aries, Aries women are sometimes uh, sometimes irascible, mischievous. I don't know. Anyway, this was published uh, Monday in the Journal of Nature and Human Behavior. Researchers at Northwestern University of Illinois identify four personality types. Reserved, role models, average, and self-centered. So there are only four personality types that they've been able to identify. Reserved, role models, average, and self-centered. This doesn't seem too scientific. I mean, I probably could have come up with that. If somebody asked you guys, what do you think the four personality types are, you'd probably be able to come up with that. I would probably be more uh, the uh, introvert, the uh, caretaker personality, the self-absorbed personality, and the bossy personality, or the control freak personality. Maybe that's the same as this one. I don't know. Jane's a, Jane is a Taurus. Taurus women, yeah. Taurus is a tough sign. Taurus men, you could usually... Taurus women, sometimes you can tell. Taurus men, you can tell a mile away, usually. Lisa says she believes in astrology, but not horoscopes. Yeah. Ah, oh, stubborn Taurus. There you go. Uh, yeah, horoscopes may like the, yeah, you mean those little things. I, I don't even know who writes those, but technically when you, t- when, when you talk to experts about certain signs and certain, you know, uh, certain things, uh, it's usually pretty accurate, usually pretty accurate. Like I was told the other day, like for instance, I'm a Pisces, but I don't really, uh, I'm not really a typical Pisces, uh, because Pisces tend to be like super Pisces males tend to be super sensitive and super uh, quiet, demure, whatever. And I'm not either one of those. Uh, and so uh, my insensitive loudmouth part of my Pisces comes from the fact that I have uh, I'm I'm uh, heavily sun oriented. And I've got a little Aries in me. So I, I, I kind of edge towards the Aries. And that's based on the time I was born and where I was born. But, but basically the time I was born and, and the date. But the time you were born has a big impact on, on, on those, uh, those things, you know. Th- that, that's where that's, but, but that's why I'm not a typical Pisces because I have that element. And a lot of people who might not be typical signs, uh, a- aspects of their signs, might mean that they have a little bit of the, uh, uh, a little bit of another sign in them. Listen to me. <laughs> you see, you're, you're, this is your astrology segment, ladies and gentlemen. So, all right, so we have the... Um, Oh, no, no, Lisa. No, I'm generally, I was just making a joke about the incident. I have a very, very sentimental side of me, uh, sometimes overly sentimental, like I keep everything. And, uh, and uh, yes, with the children, yes, of course, and family, yeah. So I, I have that side going for me. But, uh, but generally, I'm like, uh, to do this, you have to have a certain level of, of uh, shell, hard shell. Anyway. The new approach was nothing like the basis for widely used personality touches such as the Myers-Briggs. Um, okay. 
Uh, somebody mentioned INTJ for introversion, intuition, thinking, judgment, or extrovert, sensing, feeling, perceiving. They, they, they actually had maybe two um, at that point. The test uh, developed in the 1940s is based on Swift's psychologist Carl Jung's idea that people can be grouped into archetypes. The Myers-Briggs tests generate one of 16 archetypes for each other, but the questions are poorly written and blah, 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 blah. So they were trying to take these old ideas, these, stud- these people were studying this, into the realm of big data. They took a different approach. They enlisted the aid of Northwestern psychologist William Ravel, who had been outspoken skeptic of the idea of personality types. And he was the first critic of the group's own study. I'm going to be very blunt. My first reaction was, this is nonsense. So there are social psychologists who actually dispute whether personality types exist. Traits are another matter. Traits can be measured across ages, across cultures, and the best established traits or big five are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. (laughs) Swan argued that the big five is a well-done model. Long questionnaires, typically of 100 questions or more, identify whether people score low or high on these traits. A typical item might ask how much you agree with a statement such as, I see myself as someone who is full of energy, or I tend to keep grudges. The results give a value for five traits indicating a person is high on agreeableness, for instance, or low on neuroticism. The big fall on the big five is its basis in self-reporting. So, you know, you have to rely on people who are going to tell you uh, what they think they are, like full of energy, whatever. Because each person who takes a big five test is assigned five values, the study's authors had to work in five-dimensional space to search for patterns. So they used a sophisticated machine that, that, that learns algorithms to identify clusters of traits or what Ravel called lumps in the batter, okay? Uh, imagine a watermelon sitting next to some grapes. If the only tool you have got is a melon baller, you can scoop up the grapes but go after the watermelon and you'll carve it into small balls that didn't exist before. The study's author's first model was like the melon baller. They carved up the 5D space into a dozen artificially artificial personality types. By the way, um, this doesn't make any sense. So anyway, I'll, I'll just keep going with, 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 with um, uh, what, what, what ultimately they found. Uh, they, they noticed that people who are very high in being extroverts uh, – but those who were below average in agreeableness, conscientiousness, and openness were self-centered. So that'd be a self-centered person. So you're, ah, ha, 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 I love everybody, except don't tell me what to do and do it my way. Those are people who are self-centered. And some people are, those are people who they describe as jerks, whatever. Teenage males were more likely than average to be self-centered, but this proportion decreased with age as, as, as they grow up. It's interesting, though. I'm, I'm, I'm desperately trying to figure out how they're going to judge Trump because Trump's personality that is put forth in the way that they uh, – that, that put forth in the way that, that 
they try to portray him as a person who is uh, uh, domineering and who is my way or the highway and everything else. Actually, to tell you the truth, everything we're seeing in the administration right now is completely antithetical to this idea that President Trump is some kind of self-centered dictator. Uh, In fact, I think his problem is he engages too many people in his decision-making. I I think think it's the act exactly, based on what I'm able to determine, it's the actual opposite of what, uh, what people are portraying him as. I mean, look at all the people who've come out and drop the dime on the guy, whether it be Cohen or whether it be Amorosa. These are people who he trusted, and he and, and I think his problem is he's he's trusted to you know even Manafort for that matter in terms of trusting him when he was a little dirty anyway. You know, I, th- I think I think the president's problem is he he probably trusts people too much. And keep in mind. Uh, he's Casey. He's more of a, uh, you know, he's more of a, just a. He's Gemini. You know. Gemini guys are like that. Gemini women are are too, but they're too busy flirting. I'm just telling you. But yeah, no, that's the, but that's but that that's what he is. He's he's not a you know you, he comes. People try to portray him as a Taurus. Man, but he's actually a Gemini, and and he and everything about him is Gemini. I'm just telling you. But he, but he, I think he trusts people too much. That's the problem. Anyway, uh, they were surprised to learn the connections uh, between personality type, age, and gender. Personality changes very slowly over time, in the direction of greater maturity, greater agreeableness, conscientiousness, and emotional stability. He said. So that's why, for instance, uh, old crusty. Blah blah blah. His whole life, you know the the uh, the the old crusty uh, tool and die maker can uh, watch an AT and T commercial and cry. You know what I mean? Because he gets older. As you get older, you do that. Swan was not convinced by the usefulness of these categories, so. Uh, they confident the type exists, but anyway, they they went on. So they they basically uh, talked about. I, I I'm going to give you a link to the test, okay? And this is the personality ass- assessment collaboratory, okay? So I'm going to I'm going to put the I'm going to give a link to the test. You could take the personality test. Uh, I don't really like these tests very much I don't need to know I'm on a I'm on a I'm on a need to know basis when it comes to my personality I don't need uh studies telling me what that is I just put it up there for you the personality test so uh take it um when you can yeah okay do that yeah I I I sometimes do like taking these tests but sometimes I don't because I I don't um necessarily uh, always want to be told you know who I am or what I am or whatever just just saying that sometimes it's a little bit uh, tough to uh, you know because because you, you, you think people change and people change depending on conditions and I think also people change uh, and react depending on uh, yeah and, and father Tom it can be helpful 
to um, uh, to to take them just for your for your own sake, so you so you, so you know a little bit about where you're coming from. Self awareness is always pretty good. Uh, Self awareness is always um, pretty. Uh, good to have when you go into a situation so that you can avoid, for instance, pitfalls in dealing with other people. So you know, like this is not like, for instance, knowing some of your personality traits might help you when you're going into a situation where, okay, I'm going into this situation. This is going to be tense. I got to figure out how I can best react and respond to it. So I get that. All right. So we asked yesterday, and this is just breaking now regarding the uh, Christine Blasey Ford Accuser, right? Accuser of Kavanaugh. Remember when we were told that there were four people at the party. One was another girl, too. Okay, so there were four guys and one other girl. That's that's what we uh, were, were told at this party. And so, and by the way, this is CNN reporting this. So again, CNN seems to be getting uh, back you know, into because after watch its ratings drop forty two percent, it looks like it's finally getting it. Uh, but so uh, a third high school student that she claimed attended a party more than thirty six years ago, where Kavanaugh allegedly attacked her. A third high school student now has denied any memory of this incident. And this is a letter sent to the Senate Judiciary Committee that CNN has now. A letter from Patrick Smith, a Georgetown prep alum who graduated in Kavanaugh's class, to Chuck Grassley and Feinstein. The letter was written after Ford identified Smith as PJ, another teenager who was one of around five people at a drunken gathering in this Maryland house. And this letter writes, I understand that I've been identified by, doc- by Dr. Christine Blasey Ford as the person she remembers as PJ, who supposedly was present at the party she described in her statements to the Washington Post. I am issuing this statement today to make it clear to all involved that I have no knowledge of the party in question, nor do I have any knowledge of the allegations of improper conduct she's leveled against Brett Kavanaugh. Now, Smith is Kavanaugh's friend and has already written to support the nomination. But, and he said, I've known him for a long time and I've never seen any improper conduct. Uh, the denial now marks the third among five people Ford his claim were present when Kavanaugh and Mark Judge, both allegedly drunk, forced her into a room where she claims Kavanaugh forced himself on top of her and groped her until she managed to escape without incident. Both Kavanaugh and Judge have denied any recollection of the incident or the party itself. The exact numbers of of attendees, like the date, location, and circumstances of the supposed party, has never been definitively fixed in any of Ford's accounts. 
some accounts include the attendance of a still not publicly identified female. Ford has admitted she's told no one of the incident for three decades, revealing it only at a marriage counseling session in 2012. So in July, she sent this letter to Feinstein alleging the attack, but Feinstein made no mention of it throughout the confirmation hearings at all. So uh, we know that Monday, Kavanaugh is going to be at this hearing under oath and will be talking and will be taking questions. Ford did not accept the invitation and hasn't so far. And now it appears her attorney has said she's not going to be at this thing until the FBI investigates the claims. And, and, and the FBI is saying, okay, we're not doing this. There's, there's no potential federal crime here. Why would we be investigating it? And, and, and the Department of Justice has said, this is not the type of investigation the FBI performs as any part of any background investigation. The FBI does not make any judgment about the credibility or significance of any allegation. So why are these people then suggesting that there be a friggin' FBI investigation when it wouldn't, it wouldn't be relevant? That, that, that it's not in any way, shape, or form relevant here because it, it, it wouldn't matter. But why do, they keep, why do they keep doing it? Well, it's because they just want to distract. They just want to try to change the game, and they're just now at the point where they're making things up. This woman's story is going down the crapper. She has no credibility, and the story is not getting hotter. It's getting colder. And and even now, when you've got the, you know, when you've got when you've got CNN and some of these other folks, kind of even coming to the uh, defense of well, not really defense, but but reporting things objectively and somewhat accurately, uh, that the, you're really you really know you're you're up you're barking up the wrong tree. And to me, this is a lie. And and this woman who has demeaned other sexual assault victims by her allowing herself to be used, by her lack of credibility, lack of transparency, ought to be held to account over this thing. And, 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 we, and, and we need to double back and review our notes that have all the people on there, including the Jeff Flakes of the world and some of the others, who decided they were going to utilize this to advance their own agendas. We need to take notes, see what's going on here, and, and, and know uh, that, that there are people who don't have the concerns of this country or indeed the concerns of justice on their minds. That's for sure. All right, people. Thank you, Golden Oak Lending, by the way. Love you guys. Thanks for your support. 567 Gold. 567 Gold for all of your 
Refi needs. Home values are increasing. I mean, you're looking at the stock market, the economy. Things are going really well. So home values are following suit there. And so there could be some money in your house that you can pull out. And all you need to do is have Golden Oak Lending treat you with personal respect and like you're the king of the world and give you a free mortgage checkup to find out what you got and what you can use. And if things don't work out, you don't pay anything. You don't pay anything up front anyway. But you're not paying appraisal fees or anything if things don't wind up working out. They don't close the loan. It's Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com, 567-GOLD. Thanks for your support of Radio Free Allman, radiofreealman.com. Thank you to Discovery Design, Inc., discoverydesigninc.com for the studio. Appreciate you guys very much, and have a great rest of your day.